and uh, trying to say that states need to verify their paperwork status in order to get federal reimbursement for the money that states spend on administering uh, uh, medical treatment for undocumented or uh, questionably documented peoples. Um, also in the American Health Care Act, that was back in May that the House passed, um, it didn't end up going anywhere. But um, a couple of my favorite provisions on there, um, the very last one, <laughs> which was to um, repeal the 10% excise tax on indoor tanning. Oh, it's such a drag to have to pay another 10% tax on my indoor tanning. Oh my God. This is crazy. Anyhow, moving along. And we came into summer. Uh, there were a lot of uh, events going on here in San Francisco. Um, there was a vigil commemorating the anniversary of the European Jewish refugees who were turned away at the shores of the United States and sent back to Europe, where many of them were killed in the Holocaust. Um, and, uh, yeah, serious business, because we see that uh, this administration would like to keep people out, keep refugees at bay, not let them into the country. Um, earlier this year, when... Um, the there was a, a travel ban executive order coming down from the White House. We saw people rush to the airports to protest um, because people who were coming in from other countries, these like six predominantly Muslim countries, were being detained at the airport for not even necessarily being doing anything wrong. Um, these were people who maybe even had been in the green card process for a very long time, had been granted their cards, and um, were now finally arriving in the U.S. And this travel ban stopped them and detained them. And many of them were subsequently let go because of the public outpouring and the protests that sprung up at the airport. Um, so it's been a very active year uh, in terms of uh, civic engagement. And uh, I, I listened to that past show a couple months ago, and I'll say it again, you don't fuck around at the airport. Um, but you know what? People went out there and did, and uh, it certainly helped some of our fellow human beings. So right on to that. Um, Let's see what else happened. Uh, oh, yeah, the Voodoo Cabaret, who I mentioned earlier, they played at Fort Mason for the San Francisco International Arts Festival um, during a segment called Rise Above Racism. Also in June, uh, James Comey, the head of the FBI, was fired, um, but there was a very interesting op-ed by Nicole Serratone in the New York Times called James Comey and the Predator-in-Chief. Um, and then not too long afterwards, um, we started to see a big shift in the, uh, the culture across the United States as the Me Too campaign came into play. Um, but also in June, naked feminists in Argentina um, went out and protested against uh, fem feminicide um, because in 2017, there was an average of once every 24 hours in Argentina was a woman killed. Big stuff, folks. Um, real, real things. Let's see. 
I'm going to play a little more music for you because we're halfway through the year and I'm most of the way through this show. Came in a little late today. I want to thank my friends uh, Monty and Aaron out there hanging out at Clooney's on Valencia. Um, A great uh, dive to enjoy your holiday cheer, a giant Christmas tree and a a real local joint. So um, thanks for uh, meeting me for a couple of holiday toddies before the show, if you can't tell, folks. Anyhow, I'm Global Val. You're listening to Women's Magazine. We're here at MutinyRadio.fm, free speech radio traveling around the planet on the Internet. Here's some more music from Lip Service's holiday album. feel so bad if I'm here at Mutiny Radio, that is, 21st in Florida. We're here. We are a community radio station. If you would like to support us, you can go straight to our website, mutinyradio.fm. You can also support us through our 501c3 sponsor, Media Alliance, and uh, get a tax write-off. But also, if you would like to be a DJ here, you can. All you have to do is email our director, director at Mutiny radio.fm and uh, connect with uh, Pam Benjamin who is the uh, comedy queen here at Mutiny Radio and uh, let her know that you're interested in getting trained on our board here and possibly doing your own show. So it is an available resource, a community resource. It's very affordable and uh, we hope that uh, if you're feeling inspired that you'll come on down and uh, do your thing as well. All right. I've got a couple more minutes here. I'm not going to take too much more time because we're going to get into the common thread in a few minutes here. But um, I was only halfway through the year. (laughs) Anyhow, um, yeah, in July, there were girls in Texas who were doing their quinceanera who were protesting a bill in Texas um, against immigration. That was really cool. SB4 in Texas. Um, Also in... uh, 
Then later in the summer, on August 11th, I interviewed Dr. Sylvia Frayne. She is a doctor of peace, by the way, peace and conflict, but emphasis on the peace, who did her dissertation on Guam. And uh, Guam popped up in the news earlier this year in, ter- in the context of uh, North Korea and their supposed threat uh, to the United States, who said, well, we could bomb Guam. Well, and then the U.S. said, we will always defend Guam. But uh, actually, Sylvia Frayne came on and talked to us about the military presence in Guam and the history of, um, well, the U.S.'s exploitation of Guam and their refusal to um, help Guam achieve uh, self-independence and self-determination, which is something that was part of the deal. Anyhow, going on, um, oh, August 18th, tune in. I interviewed (laughs) Katai, who is the um, kind of the equivalent of the American Idol of comedy in Thailand. She's hilarious. Um, August 18th, tune into that show, that podcast. Um, and then of course, later in the summer, there was the whole, you know, the, the, the Patriot prayer group was coming to Chrissy field. And then, um, thousands of people went out onto the streets to protest what uh, was perceived as a hate group, um, here in San Francisco. It was a quite the event. Oh, and then also, and then later in September, or that was August as well, there were a group of women entrepreneurs, a a pair really, a duo, who created a fake male third partner to um, try to um, advance their business. And it had some telling results. Um, They had people offering this hypothetical, um, uh, fictitious man in their group all sorts of help in terms of launching his business, but they were um, equally uh, turned away, unequally. So that was kind of an interesting story. Anyhow, folks, you know what? It's about to be the Common Thread Collective, so I can talk about uh, more of this as we go along, but it has been a wild year, lots of highs and lows. I want to thank everybody who has been a part of Mutiny Radio, Women's Magazine, the Common Thread Collective, all everyone who has uh, reached out and kind of you know tapped me uh, to get involved in various events. And um, throughout the year, I was really proud to um MC at the digital bean the ho- uh, 50th anniversary of the di- of the human bean also poems under the dome also uh, earth day san francisco which was part of the march for science and peace in the park which happened in just in september so uh it's fun to uh, get out there and and be with the peoples and uh, announce people and, and get a chance to have a, have a microphone so we can spread the love, spread the word. And um, we really need it in the 21st century. So thank you for all the good that you are doing in your world, in your life. It is making a difference. Even if it's just on one little person at a time, it's a, it's a ripple effect, folks. So just remember when you're asking, out for the, like you know, being a freak alone, try them, try yeah. them apples. It, you I know, never, I never did cool. that. I don't Back even know what that's like. Back in the 90s when people loved Adidas and those jackets, I used to look at those and go, yuck. I'm going to like dress all in black and say, fuck life. And I just sit in the corner and be the little weirdo. But I was smart as all hell and got straight A's. And I and just they, talked they to the teachers. teacher did the Adam's aunt. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I walked, song, when I walked down the hallways, they'd go, da-da-da. 
and but in a like, bad way you. yeah they yeah. did it in a bad a way, mocking like, way yeah, like yeah in a mocking a way like you're yeah. a freak you're an adams and like now i'm like you know what fuck it it's great. Now I, I have a lot of freaks. Now she rebels by not wearing glasses sometimes, right? Exactly. <laughs> now, yeah, if you're looking at me now, I'm wearing a gray like, sweatshirt. Fuck you. I'll do what I want, bitch. I, yeah, exactly. And, More and, of a punk attitude. And really. I just recently had blue hair. I mean, anybody in the scene knows. I had, like, blonde hair. I was, like, the only blonde goth. And I'm like, you have to understand, kids, when I in was the a 80s, goth, was all the rage like, I had blonde black hair. hair and black clothes, and I was the I only one. it's working one. for you, by the way. So now, yeah, you know. Yeah, looks great, right? I, I mean, I, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, you guys can wear what you want, but, you know, to me, it's just clothes. To me, me being a freak is all about attitude Substance and, and over challenge, style. challenge people. Wherever you go, yeah, you should challenge, challenge people. people to be better people. <laughs> and I wear do. White Last or, I got that's into what people it. say anyway. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that people can wear whatever they want, but it definitely there is a uniform a little bit in, oh, in, yeah. every, in every kind of uh, you know group anyway. Um, yeah. But for Fuck me, I knew I was goth when I, I looked into the washing machine. The every single thing I had was wa- black. My everything. So it was official. We're at 6 o'clock, so I don't know if the next TJs are going to be coming in, so I just want to prepare you guys. They might come in like they they show up a little bit late sometimes. All right, yeah, I'm So we might have to jump, but it's like, or we could do, because, you know, you could do that or do programmed uh, bullshit. And so, like, if there's nobody in here, and then they do, like, the Saturday events, sometimes they rent it out. And so uh, we'll see what else is happening here on Mutiny Radio. We're at 2781 21st Street. So if you guys ever want to come in and just watch the show live, just come on in. We, we do an open door policy around here. And um, I guess I'm going to cut to break. We have breakers, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to play another song. Yeah. It seems like my phone's More taking music. a little charge. Or if, if you're ready to play a song, that would help. My phone died, unfortunately. And I know. I was waiting for that Wi-Fi. I, I never got gonna, the Wi-Fi. I'm going to play. I went on Instagram. Instagram. My defense, I never uh, got the Wi-Fi. I went live on Instagram. Password on the wall somewhere. Died. So check out the uh, Instagram live. Again, it's R-E-B-E-K-A-N-E-W-B-O-L-D. R-E-B-E-K-A-N-E-W-B-O-L-D on Instagram. The live is still up for another 24 hours. You guys will like this song. It's by uh, Tweety Ramirez's solo project called... What are they called again? I forgot. It was, uh, God, I can't. I do. Goon Moon. I should have known that. No, there's some people outside right. right now. Yeah, they could be. <laughs> so that's what I was trying to say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with Albert, I think. No, there's one more show, and then, then there'll be that. I don't know what we do next week, because it's going to be amazing. Shout this out to all my Vanna Black uh, crew. Got to shout out real quick to the Vanna Blacks. Listening. All, all that stuff. Love yeah. you guys. And look out for the, look, uh, look out for, uh, Oh Bitcoin bitches. I know. It's community I web series. Like and right it's on. bitches with a Z at the end. There's a hashtag on uh, Instagram. Becky and Jenny are going to have a club with Jane. It's called Vanna oh, Black. And it's called so Vanna Black. Look, look, yes. look out for that. Yes. It's coming up. Probably right. in February. You know, with these and guys, no it's location, almost like, let me know. I feel like I'm getting all the alphas just canceling me out. It's not your fault. It's, it's Sorry. Me. Oh, now I feel so bad. Anyway, I think we're the, the next TJs will be up. So we'll, we'll, t- we'll see you guys next week.
el parque son muy afortunados. Van paseando y se echan el parque. Son muy afortunados. Van paseando y sueñan caramelos. A pesos sin dinero, los niños y las niñas.
we're talking uh, sex in the, in the Bay Area or something like that. You know, um, some people like pain. I, I like pain. I like to give and receive it. Like Give and receive song. it. You know, it's kind of being versatile, right? Wait, just I'm a switch. I'm mainly a dom, but every now and then there's a really good dom. But you, do you guys get into like more like the the real role playing that other people do? Like I love role playing. Yeah, it's I guess very what you creative do and it's kinky and I, I can't get in. Yeah, a little bit. I just never really got into sex toys or that because it just feels like like you know some guys want to get like like diapers like that <laughs> and like you like the, the daddy of all uh, kid things so i well, there, there's you know, a spectrum for yeah, sure. i don't even so know what i'm talking about I'm hey you know what play. um i should have my oval tea this morning it would have been delicious <laughs> but you know it is funny that uh it's, it used to be so featured here in san francisco most of my friends were sex workers you know, uh, they just either do stuff where they, you know, do stuff in, in booths and stuff. But, like, at this point, it's been wiped out. And so I think with There's that, it's just... some online. Like, it's kind of moved to And online. it's not really happening in Oakland, either. There's not a lot of sex clubs that would, would feature that. But, there, yeah. you know, this town was known for... Francisco. Where? Uh, oh, shit. What's the name of it? It's been there forever. You mean Centerfolds? That's not a sex club. No, no, no. There's a sex club. And, and even the Lusty Lady Chicago. Closed, you know? Like, no. even out in North Beach, there was like Gosh, a bunch of... Gosh, I used to know the, 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 the owner that used to... The Condor? No, it's a sex club with multiple levels and like... Oh, the know, Powerhouse. The Powerhouse. Oh. oh, I know. There's a club also, a smaller club down there. Uh, I think it's like a... Uh, Lanchie, it's a gay sex club. But to be honest, I just knew the people that ran it. We I never there. went there. It was, it was fun. I, I don't know. I just... That's too much for me. I'm actually kind of prudish. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm going to going to bars and go go. I usually go in Viking mode. Drinking. I don't. There's just drinking and it's fine. People are getting candle wax on their butt or something in the back, and it's like it's cool to do it in a in a group. Oh yeah, visual stuff. I'm ex. I just never did. I always saw Daniel. Bondage uh, Gogo is fun. Uh, when it was watch. at the Glass Cat, he he looked generally, uh, genuinely, just uh, his mind was blown. I don't know if it was just something, but it was just it was interesting to see him because I don't think he knew what it would feel like. So, you know, I, uh, Glass Cat was so much better for that kind of shit than the back room at, at, at Cat Club, which is nice. Kind of see. Do you guys go ever? Bon yeah, I go to Bonch Go Go. go. Yeah. It's all right, no, right? Probably like one, once every three months. Usually something. some guy's underwear uh, starts talking to me. And I don't, they're like just like tidy whiteies or something, like one of those guys. I was like, it's cool. I'm going to, if I, uh, if I, I had any underwear, girls I'd wear it tied up. Yeah. Hey, hey, wait, Becky, don't you have like a good story of like one time? Yeah, tell an You were a little drunk and you got hit really hard oh, by a Dom. I'm going to go to some. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if I want to tell that oh, story. Um, okay, well, I'm, I'm usually a dom, but sometimes I can be a switch if I can sense the presence of a really good extreme dom. And this girl was really beautiful. She had blonde hair, and she was dressed very different than everyone else. And she was observing everyone in the corner, and then we kind of caught eyes. And then she immediately kind of put me in a sub role. It's very rare that it happens, but she did, and I just... I, <laughs> I honestly, you're, you're supposed to always have consent and I was not supposed to be drunk. So that's why I kind of didn't want to tell this story because, um, I feel a little bit bad about that. Um, I don't know if she knew I was drunk. I'm not sure, but, um, because you I asked her to slap me. Good. Oh yeah. I called my so, own pretty yeah. good. And I, and I just walked up to her and I just wanted her to slap me. So I said, will you please slap me mistress? And she did. And she kept slapping me over and over until my ears rang and people were staring at us. We, we created quite a spectrum you know spectacle of ourselves it was very amusing and then I went home with her but the thing is at the time I was single but um I mainly mainly heterosexual I've experienced with uh, have experiences with women Forward. but um, never straight 
But I went home with her you because she was so al- awesome. An album but home I didn't record. sleep with her. She was pissed, and she kicked me out of the house at five in the morning because I wouldn't fuck her. <laughs> so that's that was funny. mean. That was terrible of her. But I'm I mean, just, well, at a certain a, point, it's, it's a volatile situation. Two worlds colliding. You know. <laughs> You know, having like for me, I've been in a steady relationship for a long time, so it's really just I almost love Barbara. like. Shout out to Barbara. Yeah. She's the best. Goldie, uh, you know, uh, honestly, it's just a, it's something I could think about, but it's not a reality. You know what I'm saying? Like when you've got when you're in a long-term relationship like that. So uh, I don't know. It was a long time ago. And I feel good I, about I it. I spank Christian's ass all the time. In fact, that's, <laughs> my, that's my speciality. That in fact, I teach people how to properly slap I'm ass. You gotta cup the hand, people. Don't don't spank an ass with your open fucking hand. That's oh, man, stupid. there's so many loads. If anyone wants spank. to learn how to properly spank an ass, there's editorials. I'll teach you. Well, there's editorials online, too. But yeah, Jenny will love to smack her ass. Just bend over and Jenny will smack it. She smacks my ass, and that's crossing a line. It's a little sexual. And mom's ass, which is weird, Jenny. I'll spank everyone's ass. Everyone gets this Spanking for me. She's a she's a spanking. I don't queen. I don't I'm the brat I don't queen. She's see a spanking it as queen. sexual for everybody. Some people are just playful, and then of course some people it's different. But you know, spanking ass is fun. It is. Everyone just spank ass. Yep. Yes, yeah, that, that is true. I don't know. Um, Makes me miss Fanny Friday. I don't think. Oh God. Uh, so I guess we're gonna do another song. Yeah. And we're in OT over here on Mutiny Radio. The Knicks are, like, winning games this year, though. That's exciting. I know you guys might not be into sports. basketball. Uh, my, uh, yeah. My, yeah, we're not the biggest of sports fans. My eyes glazed <laughs> over. I'm like, ah. It's okay. It's, it's okay to expand your play horizons. Chess and you know, pool, hey, it's but all about cool. us. Yeah, it's all about us. Oh, well, I'm the Brat Queen, well, I, just, I did want to bring up the, the, the Knicks are just making uh, the Garden faithful just so happy that it almost brought tears to my eyes the other night. Just the game was exciting. It was competitive. That's the mecca for basketball. I like and basketball. just like them so sucking cool. for so many years, it's been really, I think, difficult for Spike Lee especially because he's there every fucking game. And, they, and it's, you know, you guys don't like sports at all. I, I used to play basketball, but the thing is, is I picked theater over basketball. I like to play it more than watch it. I'm very competitive by nature, and I, I love do playing. Like as much as I do, but it's the only thing that really just is like, it's relaxing. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to end, you know, because it's like each game is like a play or some dra- drama to it. And it's like, um, I don't know, I was kicking dope in L.A. Kobe just came into the league. And Shaq was there, and all of a sudden I caught the bug, and it was some one of those things when you when you're kicking dope, you watch a lot of TV. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and you like look forward to games. It gives you some like kind of uh, you know, distract yourself. That. So, yeah. And that's how it happened. It was just that simple. It was fun, and then Knicks were good, and then you go through a couple of years, you don't watch it. But I mean, I yeah, I also like basketball because they're like seven foot. Like yeah. these guys are titans. Like you know, giant. Some, they're freaks, just like soaring through <laughs> the air, right? Yeah. Soaring through the air, right? Yeah, the acrobatics that they do, and all, it's almost like choreography. Like, Barbara, that's what you know, like the movement. Yeah. You know, all, for me, all of them, they're just phenomenal athletes. And it's also like when you got a guy with, the, with his hand in your face and you, you're able to do it, that's like the human, that's just, I, I don't know, it's, it's something that's beautiful about it, to being able to just rise to your, your, your greatest thing. And that's what competition makes you do. As an artist, you do it somewhat, and you're your own uh, critic on that. I know that being a Virgo, I push myself as hard as I can, but I could work so much harder. And these athletes have probably worked a million times harder than I do at their craft. I definitely like to watch basketball over like any Like Michael Jordan was a shit. Like you just knew he was going to win. And just seeing somebody will that to happen would maybe not even the pieces around him. 
it was really just something that was, that was inspiring. And, and well, I, I like the Warriors just because I used to babysit my little student. Yeah, he go was Warriors. really into the Warriors. <laughs> and uh, so who is it? The short one? The really Warriors sucked know. for so many years. You it was terrible. But thank you for talking about yeah. basketball with me. Yeah, that's you know, okay. I'd bring it up even we for We could talk about anything. With, I, would, I could tell <laughs> that was painful that you guys weren't tough or it was something. But, you know, every story is like that. It's an exchange of ideas. Brenda would hate it because we had the Har Hop radio show for a while. And she I'd just bring up basketball. I would just even say, and you're like, oh, no, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about whatever we did. And, and it was kind of fun to have a crew. It was a steady crew doing that because, you know, doing it in a solo way, it's like I used to do it when I had four hours. I would have a guest um, co-host every week, and that was cool, and they'd be on for all four hours. But, like, you having that continuity when you're doing this kind of thing is um, – it's golden, and we we did have that. We did push each other to be our best. And I did, we did it with Adrian too, and so it was great. I think we all look back on it and say this thing could have just happened. You know, it was funny, and she would do like okay, uh, stupid, which Adrian would read all of her. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you don't have to be into it, dude. I'm, I'm, no, I like the. All that. right, I'm it's going on. Funny, no, it's funny sounding. I was being genuine. Do I? No, no, it's not. It was kind of mean. Like these guys would write her. She was Death Rock Barbie. Uh-huh. So we would try to have like like you know skits that were there like part of the show as yeah. we developed them as opposed to when you're doing it in other ways maybe you don't do it as much but uh she would just read like like her the things on um i think it was okay cupid so it was okay stupid and some guys would raise say really stupid things but she'd just be mocking people for actually wanting her which is kind yeah, of like, that's yeah, kind of i guess i didn't know which what that was about i thought it was like a made-up game that she did or something. I no, didn't okay, know it was stupid was like real. something we'd have so whoever the I mean, I guess. guest that was there and, uh-huh. and it was usually Eric who does Null and Void. Oh, yeah. He's in love with her at the time. Oh. And so he'd come in and he'd read it and so he'd play the part and they'd do like the oh. dialogue. It was like 15, 20 minutes we would do that in the show and, and it was cool. It was a weekly kind of thing and uh, I'm just saying if you guys ever thought about doing radio you guys should do it you know like i mean it's not really that big of a deal and something you look we, forward we to go, so we go live on instagram or facebook one time it's like Jenny a radio and show jade and me went live and we had like 150 something views so yeah but if you also in a way like, and you feature the music too and you guys yeah just well we did we, we it was a musical thing that we did for like two hours like a pilot like six months ago, I think. Oh, was it May? It was in May. Yeah, we just kind of yeah. did our for two hours. And dance. Yeah, we and were dancing and so talking was, with Jade. Cool. Yeah, but, anyway, but we need it. We definitely need to do it more often. And yeah. thank you for saying yeah. that, inspiring us, because I think that you're right. I think we do have obviously a lot to say. Every week, and you could just like whatever's on your mind. If you're if you're on heavy shit or whatever. Do is there, is there any spots for Mutiny Radio? Can we get our van, a Vanna Black show going? I don't know. What, we could what, co-host, what huh? Like as far as what? As far as like, is there any? There are there? spots here. If you want yeah. to get on Mutiny, it's hundred dollars yeah. a month. That's what I gotta pay to do okay. this. And so it's like you know, and that's also something. Yeah, I mean it is prohibitive. I think it's a little bit much for it. But you do, uh, you you know, bands can play. You could host events. They do a lot of stand up mm-hmm. here. And so like, it used to be fifty. That was cool. Now it's hundred. When do they up it? I'm just curious. I, but for my vision right now, it's like I think anybody can do this. If you have like yeah. a four a four channel interface. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just going to basically do it at my studio mm-hmm. because I think it's just I'd like to have more than two hours on the air. I'd like to be able to drink alcohol when I'm on the air. Yeah. And I think that you could also do pre-recorded stuff, so which I'm going to be doing with Albert uh, on Wednesday. So it's just I, I don't know if I you guys would be welcome to have a show. I wouldn't charge you if I already had it up and running. You guys could come in and just use the facilities and just do it like maybe do a weekly or something like that. And have your own show, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. It changed my life as far as communication. Not necessarily today, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, was just one of those things where I just was connecting with a lot of people and just having these really in depth conversations with some people I didn't really know that well, like Manifestive. I didn't know them. We had one of these shows that just went 
in a you know, just for his really uh, expanding and beautiful. And so I just try to make that part of the show. And sometimes people just want to go, yeah, we're playing on Saturday. And they say that like 15 over times. Over and over again. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> we got that. Well, yeah. you know, Chelsea, some of you are all business. You know, Chelsea, they did a great set, but it was all, she, she was there to promote. And it's a little bit like Letterman where it's like, it's not real. we're not going to talk about anything real. We're not going to really have a conversation. It's more or less a little uh, just. I think we got pretty real today. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> As I expected, and you guys did not let me down. <laughs> I want to thank the twins for being on there to start. So what's uh, the, the twin stars? Is that going to be like your. Uh, That's been a thing since Well, because the we came from the sky. Yeah, our mom yeah. told no, us no, the story. No, I still know whether the story, that was something you were going to go forward with. and, and like. And what, I, would, I would like to DJ with Jenny as a twin star act separate well, from my brat queen. Uh, no, it's just more like, aim. I always wanted to be a, like, have a twin, but I also thought it could be your worst nightmare. I okay. Don't, geez, has it turned oh, out to be that so way? We, we're so, best, she's my well, best friend. we can tell you where and twin Jade. stars came from. I mean, it, it comes from a few different things, but basically there's a story that goes like this. My mom was a witch. She was a high priestess when she conceived us. She had, she actually had, she was a high priestess in training. So she was originally in a covenant that was a psychedelic com- covenant in the sixties in San Francisco. And her high priestess was named Thea who came from a long line of witches. And, and they were the priestess moved- of the grateful dead. Just right. want to toot that horn. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and then she moved to Sacramento to start her own coven and she wanted to get pregnant. She was 38. She had had like three or four miscarriages. So Thea helped her do magic work and did basically fertility rituals and gave her this special like bloodstone and I don't know, a bunch of other crystals necklace, a special crystal necklace, which I wish she still had. Um, And she says she was having sex with my dad one night and she said she saw two shooting stars fall from the sky and go into her belly Mm -hmm. and and went into her belly. She looked at my dad after after they finished and said, we're going to have twins. Like she knew she got pregnant. Right? Dad thought she was crazy. Dad thought he was crazy. Now she told me this story when I'm a kid and I'm like, okay, that's really out there. Right? Mm -hmm. So I asked my dad, Hey dad, did this really happen? Did like mom have sex with you? And was like, yeah, we're having twins. And he's like, yep. She did. And then when and they then went, uh, when she, she got pregnant, pregnant, he was like, oh, that was kind of freaky. And then they she went said, to the doctors and said, they said, we see one heartbeat. And she's she like, where's the other heartbeat? Yeah, and my knew. dad said, that's when I knew your mom was legit. And I was kind of scared of her after that. And, and then, then she, it's she was scared just to have twins. And yeah, then right? my mom opened a daycare. She was a nurse. And then she opened a daycare when we were kids. And she called her daycare Morningstar. And the name of her original coven was Star. So there's like a lot of symbolic meaning behind Star. And also we're twins and the fact that she saw the two, you know, star kind of light come from the sky and go into her belly kind of has a special symbology. So we call ourselves twin stars that now, you know, the story behind our roots. I like it. You know, um, obviously, you know, as a star as an icon is, is one of my symbols. Um, you know, it's cool that like, when you go to Joshua Tree area, or there's certain things like this, where, like around where we live in Brooklyn, there was stars on all the architecture and, and different things like that. Awesome. So it's like, it's funny. And like, I don't know if anybody knows like, why that started, especially in the Joshua Tree. I think it's because of aliens. I, I don't do know, too. but you see like. Like trying to solve a housing crisis. Hey, inspiration is contagious. Peace, thank you, and uh, think big, go tiny. Here's a little more music from Joy Rosenberg as we go into the Common Thread Collective, which is a community open mic, and you're welcome to come down here and make some connections as well. So thanks so much for being my guest uh, here today, Renee McLaughlin and Amy Farrah Weiss. Peace.
and welcome to the Common Thread Collective. I'm Global Val. I'm sitting here with Diamond Dave and our guests, our friends Renee McLaughlin, the event coordinator for the event organizer for Tiny Fest, uh, which is happening in the South Bay in June 15th, 17th, and Amy Farrah Weiss, candidate for mayor of San Francisco. And we're talking about creative housing solutions. It is how it is. A, what's the week it is, Renee? Affordable Housing Week. It's Affordable Housing Week. So we're right on the pulse of things uh whether or not we knew it or not so um thank you for both for all everyone for being here happy friday great to be here thank you well this week has been uh, been a, a gathering of people go back to the housing movement uh, uh the housing movement going back for the past 30 years the affordable housing movement and dealing with the government and so on have you connected with them people like calvin welch and people like that they've been having uh a gathering every day this week. I just want to get heard about that, though. Sounds like it's news to you. Is that right? Yeah, that is news to me. The uh, the Affordable Housing Week programs that I know of are starting, uh, oddly, starting on a Friday for a Affordable Housing Week and, and go on throughout the weekend and next week. So maybe they thought it was so important they had to extend it a little we bit. We got a head start here in yeah. San Francisco. <laughs> As we often do. <laughs> uh, well, I think we're speaking of the same thing. I may be a week, uh, week off. Well, indeed, you're here. You connect with these folks, and you're here to talk about to talk about your own events, which is coming up in June. Is that right? I do. Yes, I have a tiny house festival coming up in San Jose okay. at the Santa Clara the County Santa Fairgrounds. Fair. Right, and uh, it's Tiny Fest California. There are people coming. Um, we have a lot of people coming down from the coming up from the LA area and uh, down oh. from Northern California. It's definitely a, a statewide um, event and collaboration. And they're going to be getting. I, I have this. I suddenly have this vision. Uh, cars pulling up behind them they have trailers on which are tiny houses there's going to be a lot of tiny houses there i assume there will be tiny houses there we have quite a few people that have registered to bring their own houses That's and businesses that are that are coming to bring their um their models for um tiny houses on wheels and adu options that that would be approved here in the state of california um, ADU, what is that? That's an accessory dwelling unit. Accessory dwelling unit. Bell, you heard that? ADU. That's yeah. We know that. You've heard that? Accessory I, dwelling I have, unit. Yeah. So well, something, think about it like you'd, you know, you'd put it in your backyard or something or uh, attach it to wheels. your house. Or Accessorize that house. Ex yeah. yeah. <laughs> Add to house. it <laughs> with a really cute little tiny house. On wheels. I always wanted to do that as a kid. I had this dream that I was going to build a brick house in my backyard, but no one would ever buy me any bricks. So hmm. that, that didn't happen. But now we'll maybe throw a few bricks together and get a tiny home sometime. Well, I think it's being so light. I just had another vision of it being so light. It would be on a little trailer. And you could pull it on a bicycle, and you'd come up on your bike, on your bike, uh, you'd, uh, on your bike. There are your, versions of that. Uh, I've there seen must it too. be. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. Nothing's <laughs> new. Everything's uh, under the sun. They say it's in the Old Testament. Anyway, but but this sounds amazing and delightful and good times. And you're you're going about the state and the country. This is going to be both statewide and countrywide. This tiny ride. Yes, it's part of Tiny Houses Across America, which will have three festivals happening the same weekend, one on the East Coast, one in the Midwest, and one on the West Coast. And, and you're employed as an organizer of the Tiny House the tiny house is what you do. That is what I do, yes. People often ask me um, what, I, what I do for a living, and uh, 
since I host Tiny House Festivals, it leaves a lot of uh, creativity in my schedule and my future plans that I can I can create my life the way that I want to live it. And do you have a tiny house somewhere out of which you, of course you do, where is it? <laughs> well, my tiny house is um, empty right now because I am not allowed to live in it here in the, the Bay Area. So um, I'm not exactly homeless though. I do have a family that has kind of taken me in. I'm, I'm living in their former nanny quarters down in the South Bay but my tiny house is over in Alameda. Okay, so you are around this bay. I am up and down (laughs) all the time. Well, Well, this is most interesting. Amy, what do you, what, uh, how how can you guys connect with one? You're running for mayor. But well, but a homeless uh, homelessness is uh, definitely one of your one of the one of your big interests, part of your platform. And how how can you two connect in front of us as we sit here at this very moment? Well, uh, one thing that you'll be happy to hear is that in San Francisco, I've gotten all the other mayoral candidates on board with a new type of program to invest in the financing and construction of uh, ADUs in San Francisco, but it's a little different than what you're describing because in San Francisco, the planning department did an assessment of all the parcels and found that there are 37,000 parcels that can have an additional dwelling unit built into the building envelope. And what's good about that is that we get more build for our buck with affordable housing. Do you like that? I came up with that. That's more good. build for our buck. Oh, So uh, $200,000 is usually around the cost of adding one of these additional units, whereas in new developments that are uh, multi-unit, it can be, you know, usually around five hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars, and so I proposed this when I ran against Ed Lee back in 2015, and now all the other candidates are talking about it, which I chalk up as a victory for the people because it doesn't matter who implements the idea, right? It matters that we put forward these good ideas, and on that note. That's why I hope whoever becomes mayor, if it's not me, but definitely include me in your one, two, three for equity on June 5th when you vote for mayor. But even if it's not me or you have another candidate that's your favorite candidate, let them know that you expect that the city of San Francisco transitions 3,000 people at least out of crisis conditions over the next year. And one of the ways we can do that is with these Uh, tiny shelters that we're building and the city just has to get on board with us and I'm advocating for a summer of love and logic where we build these shelters we create safe organized spaces we partner together to be part of the solution and that's what we're talking about is we have to have a variety of options for people to live in different types of homes right now because we do have a housing crisis and an affordability crisis. Well, Amy, that's wonderful. And Amy, you've been appearing uh, on, on this side of the, of the table with uh, with all the other candidates on a regular basis. As uh, that's one way that San Francisco runs its campaigns. So let me say this: they're getting to know you. They're beginning to see that this woman, Amy Weiss, has a, a fantastic imagination. It's coming up with great things. If I'm elected mayor, I'm going to invite Amy Weiss to take a role in my mayorship. Is that right? I love that idea. Well, I believe it's going to come. They say, wait a minute. Outcomes over egos, policies over politics. Let's work together to get this done. That's really important. All right. And people can check check out more of your work and your campaign at Weiss for Mayor. 
dot com w e i s s correct weissformayor.com check it out thank you amy farrowweiss so good to see you guys well thank you you know you're always welcome here at mutiny radio renee mclaughlin thank, thank you, you so much. much and we want tinyfestcalifornia.com check it out and as we get closer to the festival please come by and let us know what's happening bring people with you Bring Perfect. people with you. We have space. Oh, that's true. Yes, there is. Yeah, if you if you meet some folks at Tiny Fest who are cruising around the country, let them know that we're here on a Friday afternoon. The cruise on through, and uh, you can see we've got a bunch of cool folks who've shown up. So thank you both so much for being my guests on Women's and Magazine have, today. Uh, before, as you're going out, I want to say I had another vision: tiny houseboats. That we're here on the day. Let's have some <laughs> tiny houseboats, people. Been Put there, done there. that. <laughs> <laughs> here we are in our tiny studio here, Diamond Dave, uh, with our with our wonderful, charming, fun, inspirational guests all around us. I see poetry, um, I see music. Yeah. I see Ryan, who's our uh, who's uh, who's uh, uh, another one running against. Uh, Running for the Congress. Running for Congress running against for Congress um, Nancy, Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi here in District 12 of San Francisco. So Ryan Kajaste is coming Kajaste. in. He's coming in to, as we speak, to speak with us here on the Common Thread Collective. So thank you for coming down today, Ryan. Yeah, right there is fine. Uh, welcome. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and speak it. more about our vision for the future. So you are running for Congress. You're running for Congress in San Francisco for the House of Representatives against uh, Nancy Pelosi, yes. who's like a 30-year incumbent. Um, uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you get involved in politics, and what made you want to run right this year? Yeah, well, thank you for that question, and thank you, everybody, no for tuning in. Uh, my name is Ryan Kojaste. I'm born and raised here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and uh, I've seen this area change so much. And I think the reason why I've always been politically engaged from a young age was because of my parents' background. They fled the revolution of Iran in 1979, and they came to this country for the reason of its founding, you know, an opportunity to build a better life for yourself, to live a free life, to be able to plant roots here in the land of the free and be able to have uh, a, a family where they could be more successful than you were. And I just remember from that young age understanding that Unlike my neighbors, unlike my classmates in kindergarten, I wouldn't ever get to know the rest of my family because they mm. were stuck in a different country. And that was the result of failed immigration policies and failed foreign policies. So then I just began an interest and in understanding about government, why things are the way they are, why we have this thing called borders, why families have to be split apart. And then when I was going through school, you know, during 9-11, I was that, that Middle Eastern kid where even though I lived in the Silicon Valley and it has this amazing breadth of diversity, there were still a lot of problems. And I think being that outsider in a way or framed that way as a young kid mm. really helped understand my identity and the, the work we need to do to make sure that everyone has equitable opportunities and, you know, everyone's treated the same. And then seeing Barack Obama go up to run for president in his 2004 speech resonated with me deeply because he called himself a skinny kid with a funny name and America has a place for me too. 
And I wanted to build on that, especially being that kid who was subject to discriminatory remarks growing up. So I helped volunteer for his campaign in high school for 2008, 2012. Then I went on to college and I interned for a member of Congress. I was really involved in my school and trying to get more people civically engaged. I went straight to law school where that was the height of the 2016 election. And I wanted to do my part to uphold the rights of our immigrant brothers and sisters. And I was fortunate enough to be appointed by the San Francisco Board of Supervisors to the Immigrant Rights Commission a month after Donald Trump was elected president. The first thing I did was I learned the system on my own, how to get involved. You don't have to come from connections or privilege or know people. So I went to the San Francisco Young Democrats, and I said, look, I was able to get appointed to a commission. It wasn't that tedious. I want to teach others to do the same because we need more young people in government. So then they appointed me as the co-chair of leadership development, and the first workshop that we held in a Trump era was teaching other people how to get involved and get appointed to city commissions, committees, and task forces. And that was great. So many people showed what up. What commission are you on? I'm on the Immigrant Rights Commission for the city and county of San Francisco. Yes. And we do a lot of work with the Office of Civic Engagement and Immigrant Affairs, mobilizing and organizing workshops for citizenship, you know, emergency workshops for when DACA was rescinded, TPS, uh, when when we had those issues. And one of the great things we were able to do when Trump rescinded DACA is we worked with the mayor's office to provide free renewals for DACA for every person eligible in the city. Wow. And you happen, just happen to be in the bluest city, in the bluest state, uh, with, with the reddest president in the history of the, uh, the history. I'm talking about Trump. Uh-huh. And so, so you're emerging from the bluest city in the bluest, bluest state. Am I right so far? Mm, that's right. And uh, as an immigrant, at a time when we just saw that another whole batch of immigrants who came in after the great storm in Honduras uh-huh. now are getting, uh, going to get the, the, the rug pulled from under them. So we have virtually thousands. You're coming upon, you're in Mm -hmm. this race at a time when thousands of our fellow human beings are facing possibly deportation. Mm -hmm. And it seems like like from from the kind of hard-nosed immigration to uh, uh, Department of Immigration, Department of Immigration, the people involved, the the people involved with immigration, with deportation, are all a very hard-nosed, under a very hard-nosed president. We better remember that we are the bluest the bluest uh, city in the bluest state, and, and uh, we welcome the undocumented and the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the undocumented documented. We don't uh, really, I don't really care for their fellow human beings to me. Mm-hmm. And I think I was very good for one of your roles on this commission was it not to put forth something like that. Exactly. What we do a lot of work organizing around is upholding our sanctuary city status and providing community resources and support networks for our undocumented community and documented community. What One of the things that we were able to help uh, boost the effort for is to make San Francisco the third county in the country to have a taxpayer-funded deportation defense unit within the public defender's office. Then I had the privilege of interning there last semester in law school. And one of the, the tragedies that I learned was, for example, if you come to this border and your family was massacred and you ask for asylum while you wait for a reasonable fear interview you are behind bars is that the welcome that we want to the united states of america when this country was founded by quote-unquote illegal immigrants and it's something that and my family right now as well is impacted by trump's travel ban 
That's why I think it's important that for this city and its diversity and the fact that 60% demographically come from an immigrant background, we should have someone representing the city who understands that voice, who's had their family torn apart because of failed immigration policies. Mm. We need not only to have sanctuary city status, we need to have a country that is a sanctuary and provide comprehensive immigration reform that grants status to all 11 million and a pa- earned pathway to citizenship. Well, call me in, and I'm going to say that, but I want to ask you what occurs to me now is being on the commission, uh, being on the commission, uh, being able to get around as a young fellow, uh, uh, moving a lot faster than I can at 80, you're able to meet a lot of people in these situations. Mm-hmm. You're able to be- begin to build and get out of, uh, come out of this uh, a campaign of people who say, we knew him, but we knew that young fellow. How old are you, by the way? I am 24 years old. 24, that young fellow. <laughs> we knew that young fellow. He worked with us for the commission. He's down in the trenches with us. He's around with us. He visited, and that sounds like a pretty good start for a, for a political campaign. Am I right? Well, yes, I, I think uh, the... W- being able to be a part of the commission and the San Francisco Young Democrats have allowed me an opportunity to really engage with a lot of people in San Francisco to understand, you know, what keeps them up at night, what are a lot of the problems that have gone unresolved by our government, and frankly, the fact that a lot of people don't trust our government on the federal level, and that's why there is a need for more diversity in government. There's a need for a, a, a new generation to take charge. We have to pass on the torch. At the end of the day, we're not talking about the future. And right now, we, we are living in a nightmare. We have Donald Trump as the president of the United States. We have a red-controlled House and Senate. At the end of the day, we got to look back and say, look, the Democratic establishment did fail us. Yep. They, they, they allowed for this reality to come to fruition. So instead of following the same tactics that didn't work for us in the first place, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's allow for new individuals who are regular people who have faced everyday struggles to go up to be elected to government to understand how we can remedy these problems because we lived it. We'll be passionate. We don't have to make compromises. We can go up there with bold leadership and say, look, I will fight tooth and nail till we have this fixed. And that's kind of that, that. That's what we're about. It's it's this campaign is more than myself. It's not about me as a person. Well, I hope it's more than yourself. Of, of course, we we, <laughs> we want to represent the campaign based uh-huh. on your commission, based on the people you meet, uh, based on other immigrants who are who are uh, coming through here, here in the bluest, um, the, the bluest of the blue, San Francisco in the bluest state. Uh, we have uh, we have we have uh, Nancy Nancy who's. Uh, she, who is another, another, who at this very moment is the, what is she, the chair of the, chair of the, of the minority? The minority leader of the minority Democratic leader. Party in the House. And she's, what, 79 years old? Yes, but I don't think age doesn't matter. No, I well, have, I'm 80 years old, <laughs> so I'm her age, I'm yeah. looking down. But, but what does matter is that, uh, that, uh, that uh, hopefully you can gather with you and around you and about you a group of people uh, here in the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. We have the Bernie Kratz, we have all these different folks with, uh, I'm, a, I'm a democratic socialist myself, so I'm out here. We can get together and make something happen is what I want to say to you. Yeah, definitely. Our campaign, and myself included, has deep respect for Minority Leader Pelosi and all the work and her decades I of service to the American way. people. But at the end of the day, we do have to talk about the future, and we do have to fight for policies that impact so many of us without being beholden to these corporations and these special interests. That's why it's so important, and I'm so grateful to have a team of all young people from different 
different backgrounds who all in their own ways have been affected by certain policies that haven't been able to be resolved at the federal level, which is why we're working around the clock every day to expand the, the progressive base. Unfortunately, in this city, many individuals in our progressive circles are majority homogenous. We need younger people. We need the immigrant voice. Homogenous, as in there's not much diversity. We need more immigrants. Well, we, we need more young people, do. people of color. And that's the only way to build a movement is building these diverse coalition of individuals and allow everyone to believe that they can be part of change. Our voices are stronger together. Right now, we have this, this divide, very, very stark divide, the moderates and the progressives. But what we need to do is come together and show, look, we need, we need to change at the federal level. We need to transcend this divide and talk about getting regular people to office who understand the issues. And yes, my platform is as progressive as it can be because I believe that that is the future. But we can't divide ourselves. The only way to be strong is to come together and say, look, how can we work together to make sure that we can have a Congress that doesn't have a 13% approval rating, that can actually get legislation moved forward, and we can make sure that our communities are not under attack under a Trump presidency. Doing more together than any of us can do on our own. Exactly. Why settle for less? And having the representation of, of people, as you said, like of your generation, of our generation of, of now who have grown up in, um, in this country, while the establishment has of, of you know, Nancy Pelosi has been a great public servant mm -hmm. for many, many years, um, but moving forward to, to, to incorporate more people and people who have had such a different kind of experience, especially, I mean, you were saying growing up here, uh, being a middle school kid after 9-11, uh, coming from uh, Iran, well, you were born here, but you're, you're Iranian heritage, and people just misunderstanding you uh, and and forming these opinions based on mainstream media, um, growing up under the Patriot Act, uh, and experiencing um, you know life now in this very bizarre world where Donald Trump is president, mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know I think that we even saw it in, in the 2016 election with Bernie Sanders, people mm -hmm. coming up and saying, yes, we want to disrupt or we want to shake up uh, this two-party system. Now, it, mm -hmm. it fell on the other side of the tracks and we got Donald Trump as president mm -hmm. um, because certainly Hillary Clinton was an establishment candidate. So what we're seeing and what I'm seeing in many, many ways is that this shift is happening and you're part of that shift. And that's... Um, you know, w where we actually have people who, uh, you know, want to bring their own life experience to these positions to negotiate and to, to make changes instead of the same, uh, you know, campaign financed lobbyist mm -hmm. compromises that we see as the status quo in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. and locally. Exactly, and that's why I think that our campaign has gained so much momentum and traction because at the end of the day, we're hoping to speak truth to power given our life experiences. I'm someone who comes from a family of modest circumstances. My parents have lost their health care coverage before, which is why it shaped my perspective on fighting for a single-payer health care system. When I'm about to graduate law school and I have $150,000 in student loans at a predatory interest rate that will take me my whole life to pay off, oh, yeah. which is why it I shaped see. my perspective on fighting for free two-year and four-year higher education and the fact of the matter is and it 
has really hurt my family and has shaped my life a lot was the fact that I lost my cousin to gun violence in the 90s mm. and how we have not been able to come together for common sense gun reform. Right. At the end of the day, we have these fancy talking points and it's just rhetoric in Washington. Where are the solutions? Where is the grit and the determination and the passion? We're trying to be pragmatic, but we have to be passionate. And I think that that's what's so great about 2018 is we have all these candidates who normally wouldn't have run for office saying, look, if we don't do something, the status quo will continue to control this country and we're not going to get anything done. And that's why we've been knocking on doors every single day because at the end of the day, the best way to get the message across and allow people to believe in change is to talk to them at their doorstep or at the transit hubs to say, look, I'm here because I need your support because together we can do something incredible. And if we get second place in this primary, we'll be the youngest campaign in American history to ever challenge a sitting member of Congress at 24 years old. And I think right now with the students around this country rising up for change, what more appropriate time to say, look, if we can do it, if we can rise from obscurity with our own little team and shake things up, everybody can do it too. And that's why we have this video series called How to Run for Office, where we release an episode every week, because I had to learn the election law. I had to learn how to file with the FEC and the IRS and navigate this political world. And I want to be able to give that back to everybody else. Because if I'm elected and I'm just elected, I can't do anything on my own. It's so important to build a movement where people can believe that they too, no matter what their background is, they can run for office and they can have a chance to represent their own communities. And that's why it's a movement that we're building. This is so much more powerful than just one candidate saying, I am better than Nancy Pelosi. Because to be honest, nobody is better than Nancy Pelosi in terms of actual legislative experience. What we're trying to say is, look, even if we lose this campaign, it is so important to get that second place to be able to speak truth to power and to have a debate on the issues. For 31 years, the leader of the Democratic Party has not had a debate. Mm. And the beautiful thing is I live right across the street from her apartment. I can (laughs) camp out there every single day in the general election and say, look, it is time for a debate. And if we can help push her to the left, it benefits the American people. And if I lose, and I have said this to her staff before, on November 7th, I will walk across the street to her office and fill out an application to work in her office. Because A, I need a job to pay off my student loans. That's right. And B, I want to help be part of something greater to unify the party and fight for the policies that we need. And you'll be a young lawyer too. Well, have you met her? Have you had a chance to talk to her? Does she know you? I think uh, I think what I would say, that that slogan, that I came out from all your words, your great flow of words, uh, pra- uh, p- passionate and pragmatic would be a perfect slogan to run on. If you put that pra- passionate and pragmatic, I can see it right there on your eyes. Say, that's it. That's what we're about. As far as building a movement, you came to the right place. That we, we aim to be a voice of that movement uh-huh. which is emerging, which is, which is both conventional and, and, and unconventional, mm-hmm. which is what I say. I'm, I've been a longtime student at City College. Mm-hmm. So what I say is that city, City College, in the city, on the planet, and in the street. That's where you'll find me. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing here. And so, Brian, take my hand. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Whatever happens with you, I want to welcome you. We're, we're called the Common Thread Collective. And that comes out these four lines that came to me. Uh, the Spirit speaks to me. I'm a Sufi uh-huh. coming out of the Persian. Uh, the, the Persian is, I'm a Sufi like, uh, like Rumi and Hafiz. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, what, uh, what uh, uh, occurs with the Spirit is that we're about we're about building a movement. <laughs> but anyway, so welcome aboard. Hopefully we won't be bored and to be a voice of what's emerging. But well, that city, 
I said, City College, in the city, on the planet, and in the street. Mm -hmm. That's what it'll be. So I'm looking to you. I'm going to watch for you. I'm going to invite you right now to come and join us and sit, at, sit with us. Uh, we're, we're the Common Thread Collective is the name of this show. And that's what these four lines that came to me, just like things come to you. Mm -hmm. I can see why. <laughs> I think you're kind of assuming, too. And these words are this. Cast a wide net. This will work in your campaign. Think of what I've said. Mm -hmm. Work a cast a wide net. Find the common thread. Let life flourish. And then look at me. Don't panic. I just keep it organic. Mm. So that's what we do. And this be the common thread collective. So Val, tell, talk to him. Well, talk yeah. to our brother Ryan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, going back to a little bit what we were talking about before about how you know you've got the willingness to go and just be a part of it. Not that it has to be about you, the candidate. Um, although you bring with you a, a team of eloquence. people and, and the eloquence, passion. Uh, but also the willingness to step in and, and work collaboratively with Nancy Pelosi, should she get reelected mm -hmm. as well. Um, but I, but I, I, I like what you were saying earlier because um, that change is possible. Systemic change is possible. And a lot of people do kind of throw their hands up and think, well, I'm not, nothing can happen. The status quo is the powers that be the they, you know, I don't have any personal power. Nothing ever changes. Donald Trump is president for crying out loud. Like, give me a break. Like anything like this is going to work. So there's a lot of folks who are, you know, kind of bouncing off of this idea that democracy can work uh, because they're looking at it and thinking it's a pretty ugly scene but i appreciate what you're doing because you're you're willing to get in there and w try to work within the system and to change it mm -hmm. because we do i mean we don't want chaos um you know uh, there's a lot of uh you know anarchist uh you know, tendencies hovering around here. We're certainly, you know, a freedom based kind of society here in San Francisco, especially. Um, but the fact that there is a possibility to um, put a young person in Congress, uh, bring new voices into, into uh, the workings of our government. And, and, and I think we are see, going to see a big change. And uh, I'm glad you're a part of it so tell folks um how they can get more information about you and yeah, your campaign so we, our website is kojasteforcongress.com i have a long last name it's hard to spell but it's k-h-o-j-a-s-t-e-h for congress.com we have um all our our probably the most comprehensive policy platform in this race with 26 issues and actually a problem solution set out and since we're all students we cited our sources because you can never turn a paper without okay. citing in your sources so the same should be true of a policy platform excellent we have all our, our press coverage actually today the sf weekly just wrote about us so that makes every single major publication in san francisco who picked up our story the chronicle the examiner the bay area reporter sf weekly and then we have a list of all our endorsements you can meet our team you can request a window sign you can fill, fill out a form of a volunteer we're out there every single day we just finished up four precincts before i came here which is amazing which brings it to a grand total of 61 precincts that we have knocked on doors not including every morning being out at a different transit hub whether it's yeah. the bart station or the muni stops and i did this all while finishing up a law degree so what i have to say is it can be done and i want people to believe that no matter what your circumstances if you can build an incredible 
incredible team who believes in a vision, anything is possible. And I don't want anyone to think that if I didn't come from this wealth or this privilege or this connection, I can't run for office because you can. And that's what we're hoping to do. We need real people in government. And right now, we don't have many real people in our government, and that's why things are so screwed up. His passion, his, his passion is infectious, Ryan. Let me ask you, do you have a, do you have a headquarters? Do you have a place yes, to we actually, you tell us? Yes, so on two, 211 Hugo Street, which is in the mm-hmm. inner sunset right off Irving and 3rd, we have our field operation where we meet every day. We, we figure out which areas we're going to hit. We do some phone banking. We, we, we meet with the community. It's amazing. We're so lucky to have that space, and we'll be operating out of there till June 5th. We opened it in February. And it's been great to be able to actually have people from the neighborhood come on by and talk to us. And that's what... Whatever it is. A place for people to come and hang out. People there. My words, if you got any questions, here's some money. If you have any questions, I might have some answers. If you have any answers, I might have some questions. Exactly. Uh, Anyway... Anyway, what do you think I, of this young fellow? Uh, what do you think of this young fellow, I'm, 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 I'm really kind of jazzed up because uh, I, I'm, you know, inspiration is kind of what we, you know, what we, what we look for here is kind of, kind of what I feed on around here for sure, um, and uh, I, it's a hefty dose right this Friday with Ryan Kojaste. Um, I want to ask, I want to ask one more question. So oh, you said ahead. that you made a video series of how to run for office. How mm-hmm. can people ch- uh, check that out? Yes. So it's on our, you can go on our website and we have a tab called how to run for office under get involved. And also on our Facebook page, uh, we have all the videos as well. So every Thursday we release a new video and uh, we just released yesterday how to get endorsements to uh, next week is how to get on the ballot. And then the week after that will be how to develop a field strategy. We have an amazing field strategy. We don't want to give that up to our opponents just yet. So when it's too late, then we'll release it for everybody. And then we're hoping in the general election when we get about 160-some days more to campaign, we'll be able to release even more videos. Um, We're really hoping that we can have people use this as an actual blueprint for the future because looking at these forms and the all the the legal language is intimidating but at the end of the day if you can see it in an easy to comprehend video format it makes the process less mysterious and less intimidating and that's what we're really trying and how do you make these videos videos do you have a camera person yeah so we have uh my friend from kindergarten anoop he is our creative director for our campaign and then we have a deputy creative director kennedy who's a student San Francisco State and every week uh, we come together as a team with our broader team we talk about what uh, idea we want for this coming week for this episode we build a script based on my experience and then we film it in our office what was he they're on Hugo Street. Hugo Street, yes. They're on Hugo Street. There you be, as you see. Well, this is, look, what I want to say to you, and I think Val will say what she has to say, too, that you're always welcome here. We're talking about building a movement. We talk about the same thing, a movement from the from here from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. Is right. I'm here at the yeah. bottom looking up. Yeah. And so give, take my hand, brother. Here at the bottom looking up, here we be. We're on every Friday from 3 to 6. So uh, however it fits into whatever we're doing, uh, b- b- before and after June, please stay in touch. Whatever ideas, whatever you'd like to do, you're welcome. 
Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. Make sure that you all go out and vote. City Hall, you can vote right now, and also the two weekends before Election Day. Vote by mail. Ballots are out. And June 5th is Election Day. Whether, regardless if you support us or you support Minority Leader Pelosi, please go out and vote. It's so important that all voices are heard. There's a lot of folks running. Well, as as, uh, Suvi, I want to give you... Because uh, I know Val hears me doing so, oh, no, not again. But just before I turned 80 years old, it won't be an old dude. I'm an old dude now. I'm thinking my face is all wrinkled up. I look how I walk with a cane. Then here's the spirit speaks to me like she does since I've become, since I've embraced uh, Rumi and Hafiz and that, uh, that spirit, uh, that spirit. I'm, I'm born a Jew and I'm a Sufi, so I call myself a Jewfi. And here are the words that came to me. Just before I uh, turned 80, I'm thinking, oh, an old man, it's all over, and so on. So if you wanted only three lines, repeat after me. This is a good way to wind this up. I think I, I know you won't forget this. And here are the three lines. Repeat after me, if you will. Hmm. Learn to love. Learn to love. Love to learn. Love to learn. This never ends. This never ends. Never ends. I will. Thank you. Because that's the first thing. It's all about love when we think about it. Exactly. That's why my pin is actually an American flag in a heart. Because we have to love more in this country. Okay, mine would be in a, in a world flag and a heart because uh, as they take on the walls, open the doors, get rid of the borders too. Families, bands, tribes, communities, collectives, I believe in that. But borders, just a line on their map. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming from the anarchist perspective, from the, the, not, the, not the thrown, breaking windows of the anarchist perspective, but the anarchist perspective. Here we are at the bottom looking up. Let's get together and find one another. And uh, after your campaign, if you want to continue, uh, after whatever happens after your campaign, whatever happens, if you want to think about maybe organizing as a collective, when the collectives that might be a good thing to do. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm down that path in life to keep organizing, and I'm only 24 years old, so there's a lot of shaking things up that I, I have the privilege of doing in the, in well, the years to come. And I say Excellent. we're all in this together. Definitely. All Back right. <laughs> That's true. This is a free speech radio sta- uh, station here. MutinyRadio.fm. We broadcast every Friday from the Mission District of San Francisco at the corner of 21st in Florida. This is a live show, but it also becomes a podcast on our website, MutinyRadio.fm. And the date is, uh, so you just go to podcast, find Common Thread Collective. And today is may 11th 2018 um we're also available as a free podcast on itunes and um yeah ryan kojaste thank you so much for being here you're welcome back anytime go check out his website kojasteforcongress.com that's k-h-o-j-a-s-t-e-h you can find it also on facebook as well and connect tune in register to vote uh you can register california register to vote um I think you need to do it by uh, May 21st. But actually, this is I, I heard, according to the League of Pissed Off Voters guide that I that I tapped into the other week, um, that this is the first time in California where you can actually register and vote on on election day as long as you go to the central election office in That's your city. Hall. So here in City Hall, if you have forgotten, oh. failed to, or otherwise, uh, you know, neglected your voter registration, you uh, if you don't do it by May 21st, you can actually walk in on election day to the basement uh, elections office at City Hall 
and vote. So, um, and don't be disenfranchised. If you were a felon and you want to vote, as long as you're not on parole, you may do so. Um, get in there, register, um, and get inspired. So, marijuana is not now legal. Hey, you marijuana felons, you can vote. <laughs> If Hell you're off yeah. parole. And it's going to be a long line there. I, I believe uh, it's going to be quite a line there at City Hall. I like to vote at City Hall. See, I do too. So go, go in prepared to socialize. Maybe some of our musicians. we got poets. In fact, there's the singer, songwriter. While people are waiting to vote, oh, I forgot to register. I'm going down to City Hall. We can uh, help supply some music, some poetry, some uh, an open mic with a little, uh, a little, a little sound system. And as they're waiting, well, they might not like that. Yeah, I don't know about that. I but. don't know. That sounds like one of those ideas that come out that, that you have to look at pretty more carefully. But anyway, <laughs> but they just steam out of my head. I'm sorry, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm appreciating your self-filtering system that's happening right and before our very eyes, Diamond Day. It is, before our very eyes. Wait a minute. Well, anyway, here we are. We here we are. Writer. We've got so much going on. Ryan Kojaste, thank you so much. We wish you the best and come back anytime. Um, yeah, before or after the election. Thank we'll you be so here. much for having me. Absolutely. Well, folks, this is the Common Thread Collective you're listening to, and it's a beautiful Friday and an exciting one at that. So we're going to keep rolling along here at Mutiny Radio. If you want to come down and join us, we are at the corner of 21st in Florida. We'll be here uh, rocking our microphones on the Common Thread Collective till about 530. Um, then we start to wind down and uh, get ready for all the other amazing shows that happen here at Mutiny Radio. There are about 35 different original shows, but there are spaces open in in the schedule. So if you would like to have a show at Mutiny Radio, you should email our director. The email address is director at mutinyradio.fm and say, I want to be a DJ. It is fun. It's cool. It's uh, mostly affordable. And uh, you can have a crew that you're a part of. And this is a great little performance and community gathering space as well. So um, know that Mutiny Radio is here for everyone. Peace. Here's a little more music from Joy Rosenberg on, from her new album called My Own Religion. And this song is called Sight Unseen. Uh, it is called I Have an Itch. They're coming over later I won't be home Don't bother calling either I won't pick up the
Don't say I didn't warn you, baby. Don't say you didn't know. Oh, when I get that feeling, I got to pack my things and go. Cause I Oh, you 
There is a lot of light around here on the Common Thread Collective. That was a beautiful song from Joy Rosenberg, My Own Religion. That's a brand new CD. And you know, you know, I, if you're out there and you're making music uh, and you're thinking about getting it out there, of course, the Internet has so much to offer these days, um, you know, beyond a traditional kind of record label or anything. But if you're just looking to get your music out, um, you are welcome to send it to us and we will play your music as part of our show here at Mutiny Radio. Uh, you can send your CD uh, to... Mutiny Radio. Attention to me, Global Val, um, or the Common Thread Collective, whichever you prefer. We'll get we'll get our hands on it. And the address here is 2781 21st Street, San Francisco, California, 94110. 2781 21st Street, SFCA 94110. And uh I will open your package and I will play your music. That's how you get on the radio, kids. I'm Global Val, and hey, it's really a beautiful Friday here at Mutiny Radio. I'm excited to be here. I hope you're out there having a good day. Earlier on Women's Magazine, the show I host before the Common Thread Collective, uh, we were talking about creative housing solutions with Renee McLaughlin, who is the event organizer of Tiny Fest. So the t- all those cute little tiny homes you see on the internet are rolling down the road, being pulled by a truck. Um, it's a movement. It's a it's a craze. It's hitting the nation. Tiny Fest is going to be a big expo at the Santa Clara County Fairgrounds in San Jose, June fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth. The evening of the 15th, which is a Friday, is free to enter. Uh, parking there is $10 at the uh, fairgrounds. And then, um, but tickets to the expo for Saturday and Sunday, which has lots of speakers and workshops uh, and a lot more going on than the Friday night. And tickets are $25, um, but they gave us a secret discount code. So if you go to tinyfestcalifornia.com and buy tickets, you can enter the code MOM and you get $10 off. So, um, you know, Mother's Day is Sunday, so hence the special code um, for this week. And it was also great to be able to bring into that conversation Amy Farrah Weiss, who's running for mayor of San Francisco. She's the founder of the St. Francis Homelessness Challenge, who has been, uh, you know, diving in head head first and and deep uh, into the well the the zoning issues in San Francisco, um, the political policies that help and often more more than often than not hinder. Uh, our progress as a city in a w- in in our ability to address the uh, the homeless crisis, uh, the housing crisis, the affordability crisis. Oh, so many crises. Um, but uh, I'm really inspired by Amy Farrowweiss and her organization and her uh, solutions-based planning um, for what is possible uh, working within the you know, with California law and working with trying to work with people inside San Francisco city hall, uh, to get these, um, get these programs rolling so that we can help people not have to live in tents on the streets and, uh, help 
the mayor's office not think that they have to sweep people off the streets because they're living in tents. So um, definitely check out what Amy's up to, weissformayor.com. That's W-E-I-S-S for mayor. Com, Amy Farrah Weiss. Um, also, if you find her on Facebook, she is out and about all the time, live streaming, uh, commenting, meeting with folks, um, f- and uh, working with the community. So I, I appreciate her community integrated approach to trying to solve some of this city's and the state's uh, largest pressing issues. So it's a good day here. Uh, Continuing on with Global Val's election season coverage, I'm glad that Ryan Kojase got to come in and speak with us and connect with us. Uh, check out what he is up to as well. Um, we've we've talked to a lot of amazing folks who are either running for office or uh, advocating for different propositions that are on the June 5th ballot. So definitely go out there and register to vote. Um, and also you can vote at City Hall the day of, even if you haven't registered previously. Hi, Diamond Dave. Hey, hey, Val. We got this brother, uh, native brother named Chino. He's going to come in and do some poetry. He's All down right. Gathering the tribes. Super cool. Down in uh, Albuquerque. He's going to tell us a bit about what, what went on with that, too. Chino, come on in. All right. He's, he's working his way in yeah. to the studio. As you can tell, folks, this is a flexible format, and we we just kind of roll with, with what's happening, put it together, weave it together, because this is the common thread we, welcome we to roll. the show what's uh, what's uh, your name hi hi my name is uh, chino. chino chino i'm val nice to meet you val, nice to meet you too welcome and chino chino was brought in by his brothers now suit who they went to high school together who am i talking about um uh, uh, marco marco oh you guys marco come from uh, arizona yeah arizona. yeah so both uh, phoenix phoenix cats you know um, just growing up in the um, the desert out that way. So it's nice and cool to be up here because it's better weather. Out there, it's like 110 right now. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I've spent a little bit of time in Arizona. And oh, nice. The, the desert part is, is, you know, magnificent, but it's it's a hot one. Mm-hmm. But then the mountains are amazing, like the White Mountains of Arizona. Oh, yeah. yeah. Beautiful, so beautiful country. Yeah, so White Mountains, like, uh, towards that globe, up that way. Was that a rainbow that was a long time there? ago. I don't know exactly That's geographically. It? It's uh, probably like three hours past Flagstaff. Oh, okay. At least. Okay. Yeah. In fact, nice. the White Mountains were the land of uh, Cochise and Geronimo. Geronimo. Right? They're uh, up there. In fact, there's a, a reservation yeah, yeah. up there, the White Mountain Apache Reservation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's. Uh, I was. Uh, I actually went uh, passed through that re- uh, reservation as I went up to um, Gathering Nations uh, last weekend. Let's go to tell us the gathering, gathering of the nations. nations. So it's That's just, new to me. I want to hear about the gathering of the nations. Yeah, so it's been going on for a while. Um, it was usually – so it's, it takes place in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. So you got people all over um, – from yeah, pretty much all over, like indigenous people from all over uh, the world. And um, so it's just gathering of nations, gathering of different tribes. So it's um, not like a camp out. People, uh, people bring their tents. People camp out there together. How did how do you gather with the gathering of the some, nations? Some people did uh, a long time ago. I mean, people oh, no still more. do. People still do, but uh, it's it's in the city, so people just stay at the open uh, up their homes. They stay yeah, hotels. Yeah, yeah, hotels homes, are, yeah. Some people can afford hotels. Some people yeah, cannot. yeah, 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 for sure. And then it's good to have people, family there, so you can just like you know go visit and say what's up you know and go to the gathering together it is like a it's it's a it's a cool thing um but it's a cool thing doesn't 
Now, it needs to be explained more. Do you come together to come up with a platform to get on the same page and say, where do we go from here in the time of Trump? Tell us about it. Oh, and, so uh, and, of course, uh, Arizona is a very red state. A lot of Trump voters are there, but a lot of people are not. Some people are not Trump voters. This happens in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, right? In Albuquerque. Albuquerque yeah. yeah. Well, I think but you're from Arizona. Yeah. But we're talking about the gathering of the nations in yeah. Albuquerque. Yeah. So what happens? How long is this? Uh, how long is this? This ga- This festival. This gathering. What? So tell us much, about it. Yeah. So it's pretty <laughs> much like the weekend. Um, in, in in April, end of April. But yeah. So the gathering is just. Uh, it's a big powwow. So it's like, okay. yeah. So it's not like uh, people coming together like, in, in uh, I guess um, it kind of is, kind of is. It's like it's happened. It's it's a weird. It's weird how to explain. It. It's people coming together to kind of like uh, do uh, celebrate each other's like cultures and also music and what we do today. Um, this is not only the Gathering Nation that's going on. There's other events surrounding it. So you got like people playing like um, playing venues, um, people all native like artists, people from like. Um, New Zealand, the, the local reservations, and yeah, it's a pretty, uh, pretty wild time to be there. But um, and so that opened a lot to you too. I mean, you as a native person, to come for that and meet uh, the gathering uh, of many different nations and tribes to come together, that must have been a uh, illuminating, enlightening, and uh, exciting experience for you. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Was In other words, cool. pretty cool. Have me. you been before? Was this your? Yeah, yeah, I've, you've I've been, been before. A bunch but of... as an adult going there, it was it was pretty rad because. Um, it was just like I. It was more like going to like a meeting with a, a bunch of uh, different people, and then just hanging out with them, and um, kind of like you know having this wild weekend of just kind of partying too. Sure, yeah. having a good time, getting together with people yeah. familiar and new. Yeah. So, um, I, I totally blanked on what I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Um, does so when does it does it always happen every May or every oh, April? April? Every April. Every April. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens to be National Poetry Month, as we know. We had something called That's Poets true. Under the Dome. Yep. We had which a we do every busy year, April. Bring together the Poets Gathering and City Hall itself. That's a dome. You'll see that when you've been around for a while. But he's, but uh, but but you're also a poet, is right? A spoken word poet, am I right? Uh, yeah, I do. I dabble a little bit in that poetry. But dibble dabble. Let's hear a little. You're dibble dabbling. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's what people come here to do. That's a good name that's... for it. Some dibble and dabbling. Yeah, I like that. So yeah. for that, dibble and dabbling at the Common Thread Collective being heard around the planet on the internet. Hey, I'm sure. And of course, I'll say it again, but I like to say it is that the, the uh, podcast, which is the, the, uh, the, the, the record of the show, which can be heard anytime of the day or night, 24-7, goes up as soon as the show's over. So some of you are dibble, dibbling and dabbling, and you're always welcome to come in any Friday with some dibbling and dabbling, brother. Give us a listen. Let's hear a little bit of what you do. Oh, yeah, so... Um yeah, uh, this is kind of like an old, really old poem, like from like 2013. I like I was, I would like, uh, you know, write the uh, the day and then like the hour I started writing. You know? Yeah. So this is like Christmas Day in 2013 at 9:09 p.m. So this is like a while ago. So I just write about crazy stuff. I mean, not kind of, like kind of just, kind of just uh, funny stuff, you know. But it's just kind of like a romance poem, like in a ways. So. Uh, yeah, so this is called uh, Daydream. Is he okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, it's Christmas. The whole block is asleep, and there is, there is, no, one, there is no one romantic to spend this night with. 
Let's see. Is it... Excuse me, hold on. As I sit alone in my garage, drinking a bomber of Lagunitas and slowly, slowly uh, eating a bag of uh, Inca corn, I can't help to think of a uh, help to think of spending time in the heavy snow of the four corners. I dream of thick, thick warmth of vapor leaving my mouth as I inhale, yet to breathe again, and inhale the cold, cold air and feel it through my nose and feel it through my whole body. The brisk cold, the cold uh, passing through my lungs and out to the world. I can see a clear night sky illuminated with constellations of Orion, Capella, Andromeda, Cassiopeia, and many others. That the city lights uh, hid behind Jupiter's streaks. Then that's when I'll see her under the lonely street light. Calling my name and a smile on her face. Running to running to her with the uh, crunchy, uh, crunchy snow under my shoes. Almost like to slip on ice, to almost risk falling, falling for a warm kiss under the glowing moonlight. As I, as I drink my last swig of Lagunitas. Sorry, hold on. It's been a while since this is like some of this is all faded. So, yeah. Hey, uh, see, here we are. Swig my last, um, swig my last shot of Lagunitas. I wonder, I wonder, and kid myself, you know. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty chill night. Someday I'll have it. Someday it'll be maybe next Christmas. Nice. Yeah. Maybe next Christmas. Yeah. So you're giving yourself a gift. Yeah. So it was. Uh. Yeah. So I'm kind of like reading this. I would write, like, uh, in cursive, but I don't like. Uh, sometimes I would like write it a, a funny way, and I can't. Someone read read my writing sometimes anymore. I have well, this. I have the same problem sometimes. Yeah. So I write it at night. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, next week you mentioned in fact that uh, you uh, you left, forgot a book. Is that right? A book. Is well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So recent? yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah. So uh. So uh, four corners. Yeah. Did you grow up in the Four Corners? You mentioned the um, Four Corners there, yeah. which of course, Dene, Navajo, Hopi land, the Four Quarters. You took me right there in my mind, uh, where I'd been, because I was there, blah, blah, blah. I was there. So why don't you, uh, there's a few more, but think about next week. Think about maybe uh, rewriting the poems and going over it in your head a bit, a bit, a bit and coming back uh, next week and be ready to roll. That's, uh, that's uh, how's that? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I have, I have this just because I wrote this, but I have another one that I wrote in a different text, so I can read that one. Nice. And and you're cool. you're new in town. Uh, you see, yeah. Just getting used to San Francisco. Yes. Yeah, so. And I have a guy who first got here in 1957. Oh really? And so I know it pretty well. And so maybe we'll meet up. And uh, I'm I'm not in the shape I used to be when I could run around from the one neighborhood to another, uh, another. But we'll connect. But we'll definitely be connecting here next week, and uh, 
And now you know how it looks, how we were, and how we roll. Yeah. So this is part one today. And to be continued uh, next week, yeah. we've had a chance to uh, work a little with it, maybe recopy it, and recopy it, and repeat it, and rewind it, so whatever it is you want to do. How's that? I mean, yeah, that's cool. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, I'll uh, retranscribe. Yeah. Like yeah. But he's got yeah, some yeah, other yeah. stuff here. Yeah, ready. yeah, so it's just like a little short story. This is like kind of like what we do on the res for one of our ceremonies. Okay, let's So, do yeah, I guess this direction. could be, yeah, so it's personal, but I guess, title, uh, personal experience. So, you know, every, uh, in the in the late summer, we have this dance called the Butterfly Dance, and uh, it takes place in the, uh, the Hopi Reservation. And um, so it's the... Uh, girls who pick the uh, boys to dance with them and the boy has to make a headdress and it's a lot of, you know everybody gets involved the whole family everybody all the uh, dads and uncles grandpas they sing and um all and these songs a new generation coming along to meet one another so that you you guys you guys the, the beforehand you go to oh, the one where the one might come to you and say look i want you to come to the bar see you at the butterfly dance and you make a headdress and you guys meet up and dance together at the butterfly dance, is that right? Uh, yeah. Your yeah, favorite, your favorite is the, as the early generations look on and laugh and sing and have a good old time. So tell us, let's hear your, your, your take on it, it's not for me. Um, yeah, so uh, here we go. It was, uh, it was late summer when my sister took part in the butterfly dance in Hotwella. The dance was two days and all the dancers were practicing for, the, for months. We had to do a lot of running, running around for my sister. I was the one who just got, who just got to kick back for a little while until the dance came. I danced already a few years before, so you could say I, I was experienced. The day of the, <clears throat> the day of the dance, all the men in my family dressed up with our mapunas, which is a, um, a bogart, and our our uh, native shirts, our ribbon shirts, and uh, we got our moccasins and. Wore our, wore our headbands to the side as we shook our rattles, our ayas, and sang with the sang with the group. All the ladies were dressed as well, wearing their dresses and and shawls that portrayed many different colors and multi-dimensional shapes of flowers. Um, they watched the they watched the dance until uh until the right time to pick uh to pick their clan nephews to dance after them. So everybody comes in to dance. Um, with the other dancers, uh, well, okay, while I was singing with the group, I closed my eyes and could feel the energy of the plaza all around me. Positive energies, we sang about the clouds and the rain and Hopi. Heavy drum echoed throughout the plaza and into the sky. I was, <clears throat> it was cloudy, it was a cloudy day, and by that time, and as we sang louder and louder... We could hear the rolling echoes of thunder far off, but coming closer. And then we could feel the drops of rain that became heavier and heavier as we as the song went on. Eventually, it started pouring and everyone was smiling. The rain flooded the plaza, and we all we had to make it to the make it way back to the rest point. But but we still sang as we moved throughout the into the rain that we had to <clears throat> wait until the storm passed. But we were happy. Our prayers were received, and the dance went on. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful, brother. Yeah. You touched it. How old are you? Are you 25? Uh, 26. 26. 26. Yeah, I get it. Well, hey, brother, welcome to San Francisco. And uh, 
and I hope to see you next yeah. week. Thank you. Now you're getting, I have an idea of how we roll here. Yeah. How we roll here. Yeah. And uh, we definitely want to hear from you and uh, what you do and how you, and you have this unusual position of being, unusual position of being both Danae and Hopi, mm -hmm. which is fairly unusual, isn't it? That you, yeah. That, that you, I mean, it's that common. It's with uncommon. Common, yeah, yeah, it's commonly bit. uncommon, but you're welcome wherever you happen to be there in the Four Corners, I'd say. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it's a cool place to, yeah. To, you know, to experience a lot of things. I really, I really liked that, that your account of it. Like I, I like, it really kind of brought me there. It like painted a picture. Um, it was still kind of like kind of fuzzy edges, but like with the thunder coming in and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. That's so. it's powerful. It's like really. I mean, just the the connection to the nature and the and the community and the power that can be generated and the energy that can be shared is really really cool really so welcome welcome to the that, common thread welcome Plank to the, the common thread this Plank is what we're about I like, that. I like that that's we find that common thread what we're about and i like it too so welcome to the common thread collective welcome to san francisco and i think you made a good choice to get out of that you come out and see other places and other beings and other human beings and to take back with you it reminded me i mentioned the rainbow gathering and i was there in new mexico maybe 20 years ago and it brought it right back as they say we were in the national forest as we always are it's an, it's not a forest it's a but it's called a national forest maybe you know where it's right by the way we were right we would come through we'd go shopping we needed to go to the corner store our corner store was there on the white mountain uh, apache reservation mm. and we go up there how's it going and that was a land of both uh, out of which cochise and uh, geronimo came in fact where we were was called the cochise stronghold because that was the Cochise stronghold. Because the one place there's only one trail up, and so when uh, when they were going after Cochise, they'd have to go up this trail, and they better not come there because they uh, they'd have to come single file. I'm talking about the U.S. Uh, the U.S. Uh, the U.S. whatever they call it, the U.S. whatever's and the American soldier, and they couldn't come up there. They were afraid to come up there. So to this day, that is called the Cochise stronghold, because that's where he, I was a stronghold. That's where they held out. That's where the, the American, uh, the American could not get there because it was they, there was one trail and they could have a couple guys watching it. And here, they, here they come, <laughs> here they come, and that's uh, that's the true one. You took me right back, and in fact, we went to the town, and uh, I remember going to the town, and uh, uh, and young guy, and this young kid comes running up to me. He says, "How'd you guys do it?" And I said, do what? And he said, bring the rain. And then I realized it hadn't rained. It was just like that. It hadn't been, it might be the same time. I was much earlier. It hadn't been rained for weeks. And the same thing happened. First, there was a few drops. And then I looked at it in the clouds. And then the rain came. And it, how do you do it? And they thought it was something to do with our drumming, with our dancing, and whatever, just as, as whatever it had to your drumming and dancing, which is what brought the rain. And I hadn't even thought of that we could somehow bring the rain. But when he came up, I could see he was completely, he was kid was serious. He said, how'd you do it? And I said, what, what? And he said, bring the rain. And I realized as far as the rain, like, the, uh, down in those kind of country, for, for in the four corners kind of land, in the white kind of, kind of mouth, like when the rain comes rarely, and when it does come, it comes for a reason. It might have been your drumming and dancing. It might have been our drumming and dancing, but indeed the rain came, brother. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, I was writing a poem one time about, and like there was a line about thunder, and there hadn't been any sign that there was going to be a storm outside. Like I was just kind of sitting inside and I'd been there for a little while. So I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on outside, but I was writing this poem about, um, how my confusion swirls like an iridescent pearl and like the, and, and just the, I started writing this line, I wrote this line about thunder. And then like a minute later, there was this huge crash of thunder outside and I like looked outside and when that was remember Dave it was, it was only like maybe last year that gigantic lightning storm oh, that showed remember, up it came out of nowhere but I it was it. you know you, you call things things happen there are forces at, at, at play once you realize that there are no accidents somehow there are no accidents everything is connected hmm? I know that's the, that's what the, the uh, that's uh, that's part of the tri- your tribal tribal views, part of the na- part of so many people on this planet realize that everything is connected. It's only these super scientific type where it can't be, it can't be, it has to be the, who say not. But I believe that, that just by chance, not uh, too likely. Don't worry. Just because the reason is now unclear doesn't mean we won't know one day. If we hang on, hang in, hang out, and follow the stream right down to the sea, and you mention the stars, the stars there looking up away from any big city lights, and you look up and you say, wow, look up, see the stars, and really see the sky. Mm-hmm. Thanks, brother. I, want yes. you come. I hope you can Thanks. come next week. Um, I hope you plan to stick around for a while. I bet, uh, and sh- I'll probably be coming back next month. Because I'm, I'm, I live in I'm LA, so I'm just kind of going back. Oh, you live yeah. in LA? Well, yeah. come on up. Yeah. Come on back. Check yeah. us out. We'd come be on up on a, on a Friday. We'll be here from 3 to 6. Oh, okay, for sure. So, you can always uh, yeah. call in, too. I'll find my other book, and then uh, I'll yeah, bring you, it in. Just sit well, down you, you can call in, too. Right you can on call top. in with this phone here. Oh, yeah. Here's our phone line. I'll give you that number. Five. Okay. For anybody, in fact, out there, we want it. It's 550 5111. Area code 415. Five five zero zero five one one. You go. This is L.A. speaking. This is Pacino. Yeah. Yes. There you go. There you go. Alrighty. Well. Uh, I can't see why. I can't. Are you called Chino? If you take your glasses off, I might be able to see why you're called Chino. Is that why you call Chino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sure, my Chino. Sure, sure. <laughs> There's a bunch of Chinos I've run into. A native, a native Chinos. And you can see there, I just know what they kind of call on Chino really early in life. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go, man. Because it's all connected. Cool. It's yeah, all connected. Love no, is the answer. All, all together. Fuck yeah. Okay, let's put some music on. I yeah, I'm going to put some music on. Here. That's really cool. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective, and here we are connecting people coming from around the world, around the country, around this planet. Um, and uh, it's always a good time here on a Friday afternoon. So thanks for coming down. Nice to meet you, Chino. Yeah, Here's a little, yeah, my, our, our pleasure. Here's a little music from a fun crew, Bicicletas por la Paz. That bicycles for peace, y'all. They actually have bicycles that you can ride at their shows to generate the electricity needed to run the uh, stereo uh, speakers, microphones, amplifiers, and all that stuff. So, Bicicletas por la Paz. Here we go. Quiero montar mi bicicleta. Un, dos, un, dos, tres, va.
andar de bicicleta, quiero andar, quiero andar, quiero andar en bicicleta, quiero andar en bicicleta, quiero andar en bicicleta, quiero andar, quiero andar. Thank you.
Oh, I got so close to having no dead air. That's all right. Don't worry. We haven't gone anywhere. We're just hanging out here at Mutiny Radio, the corner 21st in Florida here in the Mission District of San Francisco. Come on down and join us. Let's see. What time is it anyway? It is, uh, oh, oh, it's 420. So we'll be here for at least another hour and 20 minutes or so. Um, we usually wrap up about 540, 45 at the latest um so if you ever want to come down and join us please come on through the door our doors hearts minds and microphones are open to you music poetry political activism uh vagabonding and all sorts of interesting and unusual experiences so um we've got our friend jack melander here hi jack Hi, Val. Welcome back. Good. Thank you. Always good to have you here on the Common Thread to share some of your, your musings, your poetic musings and such. What have you brought with you today? What's well, going on? I got a few little poems that's kind of lyrical stuff. Uh, this first one is called Disillusion. You will go to school, my child. The course is there to know. And they'll say you can choose what you'll do when you grow, but you'll find it's not so. You will be told your land is free and all are equal made, but yet... Far most are wage slaves, feed machines so fewest hands can do most work toward profit unseen coffer fills. Such job that wears a mind away with nothing new day after day, but when you get some new machine. That's most folks' lot. That asks no art, nor wants employees' native gifts. Don't count on honing them at school. Forget that half of wonderment. Adulthood gives hope to repent with stoical, enduring, rankest tedium and petty tyrannies of overseers. That's all you'll get. That's what you'll be here in the land mistouted free, home of the so far belatedly brave, under the sway of the fascist boss, hmm. who will freedoms onto the fire tossed, along with our rights if bards don't rave. Uh, this is... Disillusion was the name of Disillusion. This one's called The Rich California Uplands. Huh. The guys would rather back the pigs than seek to learn their victims' woe, their brothers. All the guys dance jigs themselves safe from harm to know. This thing we call empathy is not competitive, I guess. Compassion, all the guys agree, is hardly good for business. The upland girls all go along with these guys deifying gold. Though how can they but know it's wrong when greed makes even gods grow old? Mm. Well. Uh, uh. This is called, um, he skates, or she skates, he cycles, they talk. She, you are a betrayer of natural gifts, dope dunce, and witless as some potted plant, thinking unkindly there need to be rifts, ruffling the moods of joy's co-celebrant. He, I but fail, so I'll then have some flaw to transcend, since my job fills my days with such pure tedium, though my underemployment drags on with no end. I'll hone gifts to the boss's fell bidding quite dumb. She. You will find lyrics in cityscape ghetto, you with your rap sheet trumped black sheepskin mind. You can the most with the least do, and yet, oh, who'll in the basement her pipe dreamer find? He. Oh, you sate and you slake in such rapturous way all the lust and the passion your beauty inspires. But I smoke to forget those same feelings as ires unavenged on the badged gunsel goons holding sway. She, let's watch our rights then in wage slavery land vanish purloined by the black hole of Mart. Money co-opting democracy stand, then hide our heads in a cloud for your part. Yeah. 
he. I've awoke to the sound of my hope's alarm bell, which I'd set for such time as the voice stilled my gripe. Time to jump off all bandwagons headed for hell. Time to keep long-delayed resolutions grown ripe. She, you call me goddess who's banished to earth? Why, in my choice then of mortal men's help, so disappoint me, love's senemphi, worth taking the time to extract from time's kelp? He, if despair had a flame like his freedom's lost spirit, should he aught but collude in impostures of hers? If he had some mind left, how could he but clear it to be ready to help her when some need occurs? She, yes, in your backpack there, do you recall you were supposed to place those poems you read, waking me last night in wee hours small? Into what strange dreams those verses me sped? He, they are here, as are two hams on rye, our canteen, and a chapbook by Smith, who, as Dante referred to our Daniel Eliot, was to pound scene, the better maker for picnics, Smith's poems are preferred. Smith. Smith. Who's uh, Smith? Well, he's Clark Ashton Smith. He's an old, old... Oh, the science fiction guy. Yeah, yeah, old guy. He goes back to the old days of astounding science fiction. Yeah. He was the generation just before me, my, uh, uh, when I turned on to science fiction. Now I remember him now. I mean, George Sterling. George Sterling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys. Well, George Sterling, I know, was a poet. Uh, yeah. The poet in San Francisco, he was in science fiction. Yeah. Smith was. No, Sterling was, uh, that was the first bohemian, uh, bohemian generation here. They're the ones who went and uh, invested Carmel. And Sterling and Smith and H.P. Lovecraft were all friends, and they corresponded back that. and forth. H.P. Lovecraft b- wrote a book of poems called Fungi from Yagoth. Really wow. strange. I like well, that. I love to, yeah. Do you know, uh, you know H.P. Lovecraft, Val? H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I've ever read any any of his work, but I do know the name. He was a madman. He was a great man. He, he was a guy who, was a, who had monsters up in the cellar. Yep. He believed in what he wrote. It came under the genre of like fantasy science fiction, but I think he believed it. Well, do you have that book of Lovecraft? Could you find it? Mm, no, I, I mean, I used to have it, but I... I, I oh, it would be nice. To, I wonder if we could Google some of it and get some H.P. Lovecraft poetry to read next yeah, week. The book is called Fungi from Yagoth. Fungi from Yagoth. Shoot. I, I one more. Let's have another one. Then. Okay, it's called, it's called Only a Thought. There are secret places where we keep ourselves. We see our brothers suffering. We feel how it must be in a secret place. Each has to sympathize, for that is what we are, each self alone forsaken. This information doesn't jibe with capitalistic success. We empathize with the unlucky and wonder why the hurt, here only, not just our own, and then the moon looks in, then the cold departs. We contact other boxers. We're wandering together, consensus being taken, free will's popular edicts, enactments once accomplished. What were most paramount to do than ease our brother's suffering? Before the golf game, the newer mansion in the farther country, the outlay for the third BMW, the pipe, the highball, the bump, shot, capsule, tablet, the 50 grand a month for computer roulette, the fall crop of sitcoms, our favorite primetime adult cartoon. Priorities were then hugely shifted we would be reeling, but after a while, there, w- there would insinuate itself a heady effect to find just how much of the ills of a seeming mortal fate were we working together reversible. 
How many proven errors of mass industry? Correctable. How many dormant love lives? Inexplicably revived. What a really pleasant predicament being people is. It's only a thought. <laughs> what a pleasant, pleasant predicament. Well, it's always good to hear your words. Oh, and here uh, for weeks. You've been a regular here every, each and every Friday. You've come in, and you're part of our common thread, bro. Well, thanks, Good Dave. to see anything you'd like to do and start bringing people in. And so far as reading, like H.P. Lovecraft, uh, we're, we're open to it. We have a smorgasbord here. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks, Jack. Hey, Jack. Now I'm cop. Hey, um, Val. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe we can play a little music. I got a, a radio guy here. I'm talking about a, uh, DJ Rabo. DJ Rabo is going to come in. Oh, he DJ wants Rabo. to go Ginsburg, and okay. also he's connected. He's a DJ, Rabo. Rabo. He's connected you with. You do it up there. Berkeley Liberation Radio, and uh, he has he a proposal as far as uh, hoping to uh, helping to making happen to bring Berkeley Liberation together with, uh, with the Common Thread Collective, I think that would be a good thing to do. All right. Oh, he wants to be up there. Well, let him, yeah, there it's, he is. That, it's on. Okay. I, on. Can, I can hear you. We're fine. Just DJ Rabble. Rubble. R-U-B-B-L-E. I'm going to read excerpts of a poem titled Memory Gardens. It's from Allen Ginsberg's The Fall of America, Poems of These States, 1965 to 1971. The significance of the book is that it is the first piece of published beat literature that got critical acclaim from the literary establishment. It won the National Book Award for Poetry in 1973 and quickly led the way for the following of the first literary publication of the, the prime beats, Ginsburg, Kerouac, and Burroughs in a book called Fallen Angels, which apparently got the story right about these writers in the first place. The significance of the poem, Ginsburg was living here in the Haight-Ashbury, doing a lot of anti-war and <coughs> hippie movement organizing at the time, and also um, eulogi eulogizing his mentor, Jack Kerouac who had drank himself to death a month earlier in fall, uh, in September of 1969, and he was also eulogizing in the book his peer, near Neil Cassidy, who had drugged himself to death two years earlier. So the excerpts I'm reading are a eulogy to Jack Kerouac, and they... Um, they touch on some of the famous beat writers, John Clellan Holmes, Kerouac, Gregory Corso, Peter Orlovsky, and Robert Creeley. So let's go ahead. Um, full moon over Ozark Park. Airport bus rushing through dusk to Manhattan. 
Jack and the wizard in his grave at Lowell for the first night that Jack through those eyes I saw smog glory light gold over Manhattan's spire will never see these chimneys smoking anymore over the statues of Mary in the graveyard. Flying to Maine in a trail of black smoke, Kerouac's obituary conserves time's front paragraphs. Empire stayed in heaven's sunset red, white mist in old October over the billion trees of the Bronx. There's too much to see. Jack saw a sunset over Hudson Horizon two, three decades back, 39, 49, 59, 69. John Clellan Holmes pursed his lips, wept tears, smoke plumed through the ocean chimneys. Stretched in the red sunset, Northport in the trees, Jack drank rock gut and made haikus of birds, tweedling on his porch rail at dawn, fell down and saw golden's saw death's golden light in Florida Garden a decade ago. Looking in Creeley's one eye, Peter Sweet holding a flower, Gregory Toothless bending his knuckle to cinema machine. And, the, and that's the end of the drabble-tongued poet who sounded his knock-rup throughout the Northwest Passage. Blue dusk over Saybrook, Holmes sits down to dine Victorian, and time has a 10-page spread on homosexual fairies. Well, while I'm here, I'll do the work. And what's the work? To ease the pain of living. Everything else, drunken dumb show. October 22nd to 29th, 1969. Every time, have you mentioned uh, Kerouac had died at his mother's house in Florida? Well, I guess like he went home to do that, to drink himself to death. He couldn't face all the, it was just too much, too much to be Jack Kerouac. And he was a shy guy. I knew him pretty well. And and uh, Cassidy and uh, that whole crew. And and here we are and there we are, so that's good. And so hey, um, DJ, why don't you come in here for a bit? I want to talk a bit about, uh, uh, but come in, sit right down, thank you. Thanks, uh, thank you for the, for the Alan Ginsberg poetry. And of course, that's put out by Save Lights Press. They, had, they put out uh, the uh, Save Lights, the volume one, number one, Save Lights Press was, of course, uh, Ellen Ginsberg's Howl. I saw the best minds of my generation, Ellen Ginsberg Howl. And, uh, and uh, that was put out by Save Lights, which was. Uh, well, the Sea Lights Press, volume one, number one, and that was a little ways down the line, but it's still happening. And uh, so welcome, uh, welcome DJ Rubble to, uh, to the Common Thread Collective. Yes, so that's good. I'm also a March 12th Pisces, as with Kerouac, a Kerouac biographer, and I used to use his methods as my own practice. So there's a lot in, there's a lot in there. He gets more credit for his counterculture and his life, and he's probably still quite underappreciated for the quality of his literature. So there were, you highlighted some of the demographics and, you know, contradictions well, to I a T. Well, 
unlike the last beatnik in a lot of ways. I think the last one's still standing. Everybody else mentioned, now Creeley might still be with us. Now Creeley was not a beat. Creeley was uh, a little bit to the side, about five feet to the side, the Black Mountain po poets. They had left Black Mountain College, which was in uh, North Carolina, was the most progressive school of the time. And they were the, they were the English department. It was Creeley, uh, Duncan, Creeley, Duncan, and they all came to San Francisco about that time uh, after the fall of Black Mountain. Creeley, Duncan, and Seller. Uh, is it Seller? Well, anyway, they came to San Francisco. Check them out as the Black Mountain poets. And uh, they're a little bit to the side. They're a little more uh, organized. Uh, Ginsburg, of course, said best, first thought, best thought. But they would really, Creeley would really work on his poems and, and work on his poems, and you can tell when you read them. I'd love to have some Creeley to read right now. But I'm glad you brought him up. Let me ask you a question. I believe Have the Black Mountain poets got a little, little bit more literary acclaim at the were. time than the Beats did. The Beats were more controversial. Oh, Am gosh. I right? That you got it. You nailed it. Kerouac was as visionary as you were in your life because, for example, when he was ready to put out on the road. He had already published Mexico City Blues. He was way ahead. But they talk a lot how depressed and demoralized and drinking himself to death. But he was also telling his producer that on, on the Road was going to be a hipster book. And it was going to ride a wave that was going to crest into rock and roll and be a movement for the counterculture. And that rock and roll was going to be in the middle of it. And... Young beat poet Jim Morrison, who turned into rock star of the Doors, I looked up a rumor he had tried to storm Kerouac's house in Florida as a young beat poet, and Kerouac's mother threw him out because he had long hair and said he would have had to have a hairnet to come in. So he was telling his <laughs> producer that he that he even had young rock and rollers and social change lauding him and coming after his literature and that's not so much captured in the biographical history that he has because he drank too much well and also mm. he was much more politically he was much more conservative when the still against the vietnam war and you'd mentioned that uh alan ginsburg was right in the midst of it when we had these enormous marches coming up hate street I mean, enormous marches. Wow, look at this. When, the, when they, you look down and it would go on, it looked like it was going for miles all the way down Hate Street, then down that hill, then down that hill all the way to Market Street. It was at its high point. And out of the windows, I can remember I was walking along, and out of the windows people would put their, 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 uh, their radios or their regular, or their, uh, out in the window. And, and as we went down, you could hear out of uh, many windows all the way down was, uh, was, uh, was uh, the, the Rolling Stones singing Street Fighting Man. That was, uh, that was their bow to the, the movement. Street Fighting Man, I'm a street mind man, saying Jim Moore, saying, uh, saying, uh, saying the Rolling Stones. Yeah, so that was the truth. Kerouac discredited himself. It was false that the hippies didn't like him. The hippies did like him, but he discredited himself by being pro-war, slamming the anti-war movement, and he morphed into mm. anti-Semitism, which was all a function of his alcoholism and deeper 
mental yeah, health boy, he along went, with marginal. He left it all to go. I, the last time I ever saw him, I knew him on uh, on Grant Avenue. I knew him. What our hate street was, of course, uh, that street called Grant, between Vesuvio's, the Sea uh, Lights Bookstore. Then up Grant, we had the coffee house where we all hung out. People like David Meltzer, we all in fact that's I think of Meltzer, because he came in when he first came up from L.A. David Meltzer, who's now passed, who was a great poet and certainly a, a next generation. He did Melton, and we were hanging out at a place called the Coexistence Bagel Shop. I was always in the front window. This is 1957, and standing outside, hanging there, hanging hang out outside, would be the another another than the the, the legendary uh, Bob Kaufman. How was what was Kerouac's personality like then? There's a lot written, but a lot contradicts a lot. Well, he's a very quiet, quiet guy. He was a very quiet fellow, almost shy, shyly quiet, and it would come out occasionally. That's his personality. And of course, he was known, and one of the biographies, have you read, I think of Jerry Nicosia's biography called Memory Babe. I mean, I've read them all. That's what he was called, Memory Babe. Because that's what they say. I don't remember him being called that. Uh, memory Babe, that he was called because he could. Uh, on the road, on the road, he was, when on the road came out, he already came out with The City and the Town. That was the only book he had uh, that actually was published. And, uh, and uh, Memory Babe, and uh, anyway, what about, uh, Memory Babe he was called because that's what he's doing. Because what do you do? He'd type, type these things almost autobiographical, like On the Road was autobiographical. All they do is change the names. Right. Uh, 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 Dean Moriarty was uh, uh, Dean Moriarty was uh, Dean Moriarty was who? Well, was uh, Neil Cassidy? Neil Cassidy was Dean Moriarty. Let me ask you this: I don't know if you read, but in 2008, um, his his benefactors sold the original scroll, which was t which was republished as a book in 2008. Um, on the road, the scroll version, and it left everybody's name in as it was, but the book was completely different and to a far higher quality as really? the original on the road because the editors had forced him to rewrite on the road to the way they wanted to publish it, so his original writing that didn't get published was actually at a much higher quality Could well be, than uh, the uh, other one. In fact, I, my first conversation, you, did, did you know that I'm in a, I just have they have collected letters of Jack Kerouac. There's three or four volumes, 1957. So there I was at the Beat Museum, and there they were. The, the, uh, I think the Viking Press was the ones who put out, but I'm not sure, who the ones who put out the original uh, On the Road, his letters. And I looked into the index uh, because I, uh, for whatever reason, but to see, and there I was, Dave Whitaker. What? And I turned to that page, and it was a letter from Kerouac, and he sent these letters. Made up these letters. He was here in the in the North Beach then. The, 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 these were group letters to a few people, but I included William Burroughs and Ginsburg, where all the letters were to them. And there it was, new poet in town, a, a incubular. Uh, William Burroughs with glasses, Dave Whitaker, 17, and there, what? There I was in the uh, in the uh, in the Kerouac letters, and that was after I had a conversation with him in the place. I mentioned us uh, 
Anything? Oh no! Why did you play? Gotta turn it up. Well, speaking of phones, you were also in another short letter from Kerouac to Ginsburg, which I read, which called refer to you as a new poet on the scene, but what he liked about you that was a core value he had trouble with, but that he said that you were a person who lacked pretentiousness. Well, More working class than upper class. Well, my working class was on my own. I hitchhiked here, and they were, I, talked to, I, I talked to Kerouac about the city and the town, which he, uh, he said, told me that's it. Was, was, he, I remember him telling me what the editors had done with that and how they took the, all, the, all the sex out of it, all the love interest out of it. They took it all out because this was 1952 or so. You know, but of course, uh, On the Road had been written years before it came out. He'd written all the, many of his books were written years before they came out, but once On the Road became such a big success, then they started publishing everything that had the name Jack Kerouac connected to it. All that is true. Well, let's talk a bit about. Uh, uh, can I can I add um, another voice please. to this? And uh, I'm We're not t- I'm not talking about mine actually. I'm talking about our, our friend Joan Rivard, who just who's on the phone. Oh, Joan. So I I think she would be a great voice to have as part of this. So if you. Uh, DJ Rubble, if you want to put those headphones on, you'll be able to hear Joan, and and you can all chat. Uh, I like we're having a good uh, hipstery session here on the Common Thread Collective. Joan is down there now. Joan, it's so good to hear your voice. Yeah, I miss you so much. I miss all of you. I've been traveling. Why was uh, you've been traveling? Where, where, and how? Uh, Los Angeles, and and I'm in Joshua Tree. I've well, been staying in Joshua Tree, and I'm hoping to home. get back up there pretty soon, hopefully, in a few weeks. But <laughs> it's hard wow. to know my well, movements anymore. Well, I'm glad you thought of us. How has your life been? What have you been about? It's, it's wonderful. I, I'm working hard on publishing my book, uh, uh, Peace Drums, uh, Woodstock's Vision Now from Haight-Ashbury and Beyond. And uh, I, I actually... Uh, got a lady she's going to send my my book queries to lots of publishers and agents and i'm in the process of emailing her everything today i'm, I'm sending her three different books that i'm trying to publish at the same time wow and you took a and you took a break to give us a call here on the common thread collective that's that's really nice of you joan it sounds like a busy day <laughs> it is but it's a good day the good things are happening and, and it's very important i feel bad i haven't been calling you guys you know i i, I want to be part of this in well fact, just I talking about, about jack kerouac at the moment uh, in my book actually i should read that one i wrote about mutiny radio in here and i wrote lots about diamond dave um here it is mutiny radio 129 i might as well read that one huh it's in the index. We just talk about being in the index of the Jack Kerouac letters. Now we're talking about being the index of the of the Joan the Joan uh, manuscript soon to be published. Tell us what did you find? Oh yes. Well, I'm also I've been staying near Art Conklin, who founded the Free Press. He's a good friend of mine. He's not here right now, but um, it's been exciting to meet him again and all his friends and. We've had drum circles up here and everything. Well, connecting well, with um, one another is what we're about, that's for sure. I wrote about Mutiny Radio, um, and I, I I described everything. I guess I might as well just read it, huh? Yeah, just read it. Describe everything. Everything doesn't tell us much. Just reading us without reading it will tell us much more. Go ahead, Joan. Oh, yes. 
Mutiny Radio. On the glass storefront of Mutiny Radio, there's the painted picture of a ship which looks like it's lurching forward with rays around it. That's right. A group of long hairs stood around the doorway talking excitedly. This is after I talked about riding there on the bus with Rainbow. He brought me there the first time. A group of long hairs stood around the doorway talking excitedly. They talked about the Black Hills Rainbow Gathering last year the Lakota Rainbow Alliance, and the pipeline and demonstrations at, at Standing Rock. A guy in a good suit said to the group, I have a song in my heart every day. It's a gift. Inside, there's a low stage platform and about three rows of chairs. The walls are painted black and covered with political and art posters. Most important, there's the radio booth that you can see from the main room through a big glass window. It's a large walled-off area with microphones inside and a flashing red light that says, On the Air. It turned out that Diamond Dave was out of town running a kitchen at the Rainbow Gathering in Pennsylvania. The people there were more than interesting. Alternately sitting on the chairs or wandering outside, we shared animated conversations. You can talk while the show is going on if the performers are inside the radio booth, but not if they're in the room with the stage with a different mic when a, when a different mic is on. It was the first time I would be reading my political poetry on public airways. It was exciting but frightening. As usual, I hadn't really prepared, had just brought a whole book manuscript with me to decide what to read. I figured I'd see what the other people were reading and then decide. Um, most people played guitars and chose the stage with the microphone that connected to the radio booth instead of going into it to read or speak. Rainbow got up on the stage with his guitar and performed two songs he wrote himself, accompanied by my tambourine. Lots of people clapped. When it was my turn, I entered the radio booth. I wanted the experience, the excitement of being behind that red light that said, On the Air. Shaking inside, I sat down at the table in front of the microphone. I didn't know how many people would be listening. They said it went all over the world. The moderator introduced me, and then there I was, standing on the edge of my own personal high dive. Reading my writing into the microphone was exhilarating. To share my thoughts and beliefs with the public is something I've been enjoying at the swap meets for two decades. There's something very sweet about opening up to lots of people, especially when they open up back. On the other side of that microphone was a whole new crowd, many times bigger than the number of people I was friends with at the swap meet and on the hate. When you counted that people might send the broadcast to other people and put it on the Internet, the potential outreach was staggering compared to what I was used to. I approached timidly this new, much larger arena. Arena, I would be on display before the world, my words not retractable. If I made a mistake and said something stupid, or if I said it the wrong way, it would always be out there, floating somewhere on the Internet in the archive of the radio show. Starting off easy, I read my Peace Drums poem that's been well received by a lot of people. It was still risky because it's what I call syrupy religious without the religion. The people at Mutiny Radio are very sophisticated and educated. Some of them are atheists, might be atheists. They know too much about the atrocities of religions to take somebody else's word about truth. Using the G word, God, 
might be a big turnoff for some of them. I read the poem and and one other. Except for a light, slightly awkward intro, I refrained from trying to ad-lib this time. Might as well try out the trapeze before trying to fly without a net. Leaving the radio booth, I didn't get much in the way of feedback. It seems that people inside the station don't listen much during the performances, either preparing their own or visiting and talking outside. I got more response reading my political and spiritual poetry outside to a group of long hairs as we all sat cross-legged on the sidewalk. I couldn't tell right away how the staff or the show's audience would respond, respond to what I'd read. But the following week, when I came back to read, they asked me to, read, to broadcast my syrupy religious poem again. On the bus ride back, Rainbow again got suddenly excited out of the blue. From his urgent tone of voice, I thought it would be about something more immediate, like that he'd seen something amazing out the bus window. Instead, he said ardently, what am I in relation to the universe? In infinitely small, I am love, exclamation mark. And that's the end of that one. We'll see. <laughs> you have a Joan, that was great. Description. Thank you. Oh my goodness, Joan. <laughs> that was that was so fun. Reading about my history of religious dogma, I was brought up to be one of these fundamentalist oh, conservatives, no. a, a Tea Partier, and it oh, quickly, I quickly learned that life was exactly the opposite of it because they tried to do all those things to me, so I could not stop well, laughing at the irony of it. Well, my mother's Jewish. But I was brought up, uh, she had uh, a non-observant, so I was, and my father is not old, old, old American for many generations, so I was brought up in the bosom of the Unitarians, and I can't think of a better place to be brought up than uh, to be a free thinker, except you're brought up with the free thinkers, but the Unitarians, because there you're given the right to th think yeah, freely, speak freely, and be freely. What a lot of people don't really know, though, is so easy to find out is that Jesus did not teach those doctrines that they're teaching. Not at That's all. Exactly like, right. There's no place where he said people are born in sin, or he never mentioned Adam and Eve. And where it says hell, it turns out it's the trash dump outside of Jerusalem, Gehenna, or the land of the dead. And the translators put hell in all of these, which were you know different phrases and didn't mean that. And then they put that together with horrible prophecies in the Book of Revelation that talk about. Uh, you know, lakes of fire, and Paul that talks about eternal punishment, and they cobble that together to make people so afraid, you know, for all these 2,000 years, afraid, afraid of everything, afraid of themselves, afraid of each other, afraid of God, you know, afraid of the sublime, just because uh, these other people added things in there that are, are really uh, a death force. They're so bad. You know, okay. and it was mostly Paul the Apostle that did this. It's very simple to track it down because everything, all his letters, you know, they're full they, of stuff Jesus didn't teach, and it's very nasty stuff. And, uh, of course, uh, his buddies wrote two of the Gospels and the Book of Acts, and so his thinking and his dogmas are in there, too. And Prop so, Propaganda. Um, it is. It's, uh, the, it's called the Jesus... A bunch of look, uh, the, the people study this, and what they've done, they they've come out with a book which has in red the the words of Jesus that were the words of Jesus, maybe or, or in blue as the words that, you know, that were added later after Paul. So anyway, we love Joan. We'd love to see you. 
Do you ever consider coming up here? Oh, I want to. This is my home. I kind of got stuck down here for a while, and I, a nice room became available, and I thought I might as well stop here for a while and finish my project real quick. And I'm hoping to be back there in about five or six weeks, um, and then I'll either stay there, try to find a place, or I'll come back here and then go back in the fall and try to find a place. I'm not sure. What's I up might to go you? for a camper van. Well, I have plans ahead. I'll be at the Rainbow Gathering probably that time. And that's the last oh, week of June and the first Georgia, week of July. Huh? That's my time to travel. That was the time you came for the first time when I was not there. But, Joan, it's so good to hear your voice. And here we are. And that was a really sweet tribute to Mutiny Radio. Oh, it was amazing. That was kind of a trip, actually, you know, to, like, have a story read to you about yourself and the environment. That that was that was weird well let me interject you. <laughs> but in the best kind of way like it was it was perfect timing for you to call in too because dj rubble and dave here have been talking about uh the hipstery of san francisco and the the artist scene and um and i know that's what your books are all all about peace drums and you have a website too peace drums dot it's peace drums dot org dot org uh yes and and uh, and i appreciate that and i want you to know i have a beautiful piece i wrote that you are in you and Mona Lisa at that beautiful event that you guys put on, the, the Peace in the Park. Oh, Peace in the Park. I wrote about your costume and her costume and what you guys were doing and how amazing that event was. So I can read that whenever you want me to. All and right. I have more about Diamond Date, too. I have about the great escape when he got out of the hospital. Oh, my. <laughs> and just, uh, the Diamond Date's birthday I also wrote up. So I have quite a few pieces. Wow. As I call in, I can read each one. All right. Well, we'll definitely, uh, I, I look forward to all of that. Whenever that may be, is it part of the Common Thread Collective or maybe Women's Magazine someday? Oh, and Joan, yes, I still go to uh, Hippie Hill occasionally. Hate Street Voice at this time, as far as I know. You're publishing the Hate, Hate Street Voice? Yeah, she told, she's putting my articles in there. I think she is. She told me she I am published. She put at least one in. I don't know. She may have put in more by now. All right. Well, yeah, as, that's, that's fitting because of all of your writing about the hate, Ashbury. And, yeah, Joan. Uh, hey, and Joan, I still go to Hippie Hill occasionally. And there oh. I met a friend of yours. I think it's a friend of yours. Is Caitlin? Do you know Caitlin? Oh yes, yes, I know Caitlin. She you came out here to visit did, me. Met to dancing at the drum circle. And now Caitlin time. comes she every week. Four other people. She's become a really good friend of mine, and she comes every week. She didn't. She dropped out of college. She was going to Hampshire, but she decided she'd rather stay in town. And she's now my uh, my uh, one of my caregivers, Caitlin. Oh. And. Uh, and uh, she comes every. She goes to Hippie every week. She bring, uh, She brings this library of very good books, special books, and she sets up a tent called the. And it calls it the uh, the free library. And Caitlin oh. uh, and so Caitlin is there every week, each and every Sunday. Uh, Sunday, okay. We met and we met on uh, New Year's Day, and when she set up yeah. the tent for the first time. Of course, well, I showed up and invited her to watch me dance, and that's where you met her. She uh, wanted to meet you. I brought her down to introduce her to you. Well, I've gone down. Now she's my caregiver on Wednesday. I'm, I'm old now. I'm 80 years old. I need a giver, a care, a caregiver, and that'd be Caitlin. So it's amazing oh, all these connections so nice. take place. I'm so glad oh, yeah. I, I introduced you guys. 
she's a wonderful person. She's so smart. That she is, that you are, and the two of you exist in my mind, and that you met dancing together at the drum circle at Hippie Hill, and now you're both friends of mine. It's amazing about, we were just talking earlier when I did that, there are no accidents, everything's connected, and there's another, another living proof that there are no accidents, everything's connected, and now Caitlin is a good friend of mine, thanks to you. So life That's goes a on. Good because today, this very day, I hooked up Art Konkin with my girlfriend in Colorado, and she's going to come down here and be his caretaker. He's happy about it. Everybody's happy. And so the fact that that turned out so well tells me that maybe this will also turn out to be a great friendship and something that will help both of them. So I'm very happy to hear that. Well, hey, that's the life goes on. Joan, it makes my day to hear your voice. Uh, you're an amazing human being, and I hope to see you soon. Hey, eh, Val? Yes. Yes. Thank you. We'll, call we'll, me anytime. All right. And we'll be here next week as well. As we're, each and right, every well, week, we're still here. I'm going to try to call in every week. All right. Yeah. Well, one of those pieces. It's fantastic. Thank you for calling in and sharing uh, and for being a part of the Common Thread Collective. And we, uh, yeah, good luck with your with your publishing pursuits. It sounds like it's a... Uh, Picking up steam. So, thank you, Joan Rivard. Picking up steam. And definitely check out Joan's website, peacedrums.org. A people's history. That's right. It's the real, the real deal. Not to Kerouac, he wrote a people's history that time, back in the 50s. Well, this be 18. This be who we are, and it's good to see the people's history is still being written. Now, we have a bunch of people here waiting. Yeah, Marco. Marco's getting set up on stage he's he's gonna have a and uh, rob is here and the library lady is here and so let's uh, move on a bit but anyway the, the but we have a, we still have a couple minutes well how about while marco gets set up because i know dj rebel here was like in midstream like like going for it so let's we've got a couple we more minutes were, um, i wasn't about to stop i was gonna ask you rebel uh you you have a connection now with uh with uh, the, the folks over there at uh, Berkeley Liberation Radio, am I right? Yes. Now, definitely here last year, it was a big thing around the 50th anniversary summer of love, and I kept telling people that they'd be better off to do a protest concert, but just last, a few weeks ago, was the 49th anniversary of People's oh, Park. Park. I've, just, I've just reconnected with Berkeley of Liberation Radio, where I've done radio Are for a long a time. Without a patter. We'll gather like, around and a lot of the DJs there, the station itself doesn't we take political positions. It's station that... From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hello there, my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Mufi's over there. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for... <laughs> it's in duty, this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. <laughs> Mic check one two. Hello, mic check. Mic check. Fantastic. Hey, Mutineer Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody.
to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience subliminal. 